Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday show. My name is James Chen. Well, actually, no, this is the Not Tuesday show. I have to get used to that, calling this the Not Tuesday show, because that is exactly what this is. This is the Not Tuesday show. How's everybody going out there? Uh, it's been a little bit, obviously. I did not get a chance to do an episode before Evo. Too busy packing. And then I flew back on Tuesday after Evo, so I couldn't do a show that day. But finally going to do this. I'm a little late here to talk about a lot of things, but I'm not just here to talk about announcements, etc., etc. I just kind of want to talk about uh, the games themselves, the community, the state of the games. I used to do these blog posts post-Evo where I just talked about how I felt the state of each individual game's community is going and stuff. Of course, these days it's a lot harder. Back in the day, there was a lot less communities and they were smaller and I got to kind of have a lot more insight into them. Harder to do these days because the communities are all so big and so full on their own. So, you know, it'd be really awesome if there were people out there who are parts of these communities that can come by and uh, just hang out and stuff. And yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, Tony. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit because there's a lot of things to talk about Evo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we might as well just, uh, choose a day show. Nice. Tuesday show. Uh, but basically, uh, I mean, let's just get into it and talk about it. So I wanted to change up the not Tuesday show format, mostly just to talk about some news and then talk about the current topic. Well, Evo kind of is the news and everything that is newsworthy <laughs> uh, is part of Evo. So I'm just going to just do an episode straight on about Evo here. So uh, yeah, Evo's come and gone. And, you know, leading up to it was absolutely terrifying and stressful. It was absolutely surreal knowing that Evo is coming back. Um, Gundam Jehudi Kai, I did cry off stream a couple of times, uh, largely when Chris Lee was giving his speech before Street Fighter V started, and, you know, when he was doing the customary questions like, who, like, if this is your first Evo, please stand up, and we got, to, I, just this, the amount of faces that we saw stand up for this Evo was mind-numbing. I mean, I was not expecting that many people to be new to Evo. And it just shows you that during the pandemic, um, during the pandemic, how much fighting games really have kind of spread to an even wider audience thanks to the online nature of the game. Oh, cool, Dubodomo, you were there. Okay, nice. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I definitely saw you there. So, um, but that's awesome. And again, you know, it, it, it's really, really cool to see how many new faces are there. And it's just an indication that our scene continues to grow and continues to get stronger. And uh, that's really, really cool. Uh, as for your second question, Gundam Jehudi Kai, uh, see, that's the thing, Dubu Domo. So Dubu in the chat says that everyone I met was super nice. And uh, this is the thing. The FGC on social media sucks, dude. <laughs> like we're a we're a bunch of trash fire edgelord content, you know, like content vultures and stuff on the, on the internet. But then as soon as you go to these places live, it's like night and day. 
Like you can barely recognize the FGC if your only exposure is through the social media side of things because honestly in person the FGC is you know obviously I'm not going to say it's perfect because there's a lot of issues right and you know Rick for example is doing their best to make sure Evo solves a lot of those issues which I I really like and um my first interaction was seeing Punk and Phenom chatting and someone asking for Punk's picture without Phenom. So I went up and asked for both of their pictures. Nice. Good job. Well, there's plenty of heels out there, Gundam Jehudi Kai. We're not missing the heels out there. They are there for sure. Uh, I ended up talking to Jammers for like 10 minutes during the Just a Kid versus Chris CCH match. Uh, match jammers is like 6'3 and i was hella surprised as tidy text yes jammers is a tall man <laughs> punk asked men to come over and take the picture <laughs> that's hilarious oh man so uh what i want to mention here though is, to answer gundam Kai's second question he says as much as i love the ultra chain combo what happened to the james and seth killian connection uh, Seth Killian, you know, he is currently working for uh, game companies and doing work and, and doing all sorts of other stuff and has really decided to take kind of a back seat towards the, you know, front facing part of the FGC. Of course, he's always going to be a fan. He'll always watch. He'll always be keeping track of what's going on in the FGC. But, you know, in terms of like his days of commentary and all that stuff like that, talking to him at Evo because he was obviously there. Um, you know, he has said that he's in a great place right now and he's just kind of trying to take a seat back from everything. So, uh, honestly, obviously, uh, respect that so much. He sounds like he's in a great place and I couldn't be happier for him. And honestly, like I, I, you know, as much as I love commentating with Seth Killian, I really felt like David and I did a great job on the top eight for Street Fighter V, I felt like we were really, really good. Like, I, I felt like that was some of our best commentary that we've done. And uh, I really, really uh, enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, it's different, right? With me and David, it's more about the analysis of the games. With me and Seth, it's more about the emotion and the fanboy factor that we have, right? Seth and I are both just absolute unabashed fanboys of the fighting game community so there's that connection that we have so it's different depending on who's there but um it's it, it's a it's a joy either way let's put it that way it's a joy either way uh to commentate with either of them uh obviously so uh yeah no evo was quite an experience and you know i i it was kind of scary going into it because I didn't know what to expect, obviously under different management, different people in charge, and uh, it was going to be under the Sony umbrella and stuff. And so there was a lot of uh, unknowns going into it in the first one for three years now, right? And so it was just like something kind of strange. Uh, I mean, there was water in the venue in 2019. <laughs> the joke is a little outdated at this point. Uh, but yes, there's, there's, there was a lot of water. There was watering stations in the venue. We mostly got that taken care of. Again, the original year where there was no water, that's more of a Vegas thing. And in order to have us be in their venue now, I'm pretty sure Evo has water clauses, uh, uh, basically to make sure that we have water for everybody. Cause it was such a, such a big deal. Right. So 
Uh, dude, right? Uh, Joestar FGC, it's actually kind of uh, surreal. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, so the only real massive Sony presence that was there, Nuticon, is they had a couple of uh, VIP booths on the floor just for Sony execs and stuff. Uh, I never saw any of the Sony execs at any of them. That's another story. But the previous years before, we had things like the, 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 the jump off. We had the jump off stream on the main Evo channel and that jump off stream was more just like a bunch of hosts talking, highlighting certain matches, getting replays, etc, etc. This year that was the PlayStation stream. So we did the exact same thing but it was on twitch.tv slash PlayStation so a lot of people uh, who aren't familiar with fighting games could check that channel out and learn a lot about it. I was on that uh, channel uh, like three times during the course of the weekend with I either Persia or Chastity doing the hosting there and kind of guiding people in and we got to watch highlights and you know talk to other people like I got to talk to John Crofts and Spaghetti Rip and Jade Lynn and a bunch of other people on there so it was really 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 cool um uh <laughs> yeah I heard there was definitely a lot of ads uh on the on the streams for sure and so we'll actually see how that pans out in the future because I know that was an area of complaint but you know I don't know if that's a Sony thing or what but we'll figure I mean like I said we'll probably try to figure out a decent middle ground hang on a second I'm gonna step away for just a minute It is very warm in here. It is very warm in my home right now. So I just needed to turn on the air, air conditioner. So, <laughs> ow, my arm, ow, ow, ow. Uh, any case, um, yeah, so obviously a lot of stuff happened at Evo. And once it got started and once it started going, it was Evo, right? It felt like Evo again. It felt like what it was that we've done before, what we've known and loved and everything like that. And uh, I, it was, I didn't realize how emotional I was going to get seeing a bunch of like really old school people show up too. I mean, these are people who weren't even there in 2019 or 2018. Like these are people who haven't showed up in a long time, but having it back for the first time in a long time felt like there was some sort of gravitational force that pulled a lot of people in and it was really, really, really cool. Hang on a second. I am just making sure I stay hydrated during this stream. All right. I'm doing good, Jinx Deli. I'm doing good. Um... Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you couldn't make it, I hope the streams were good. I mean, for those of you who couldn't make it and did watch it on stream, you guys will have to let me know how the experience was from the home viewing standpoint. I hope that the experience was good and was really, really enjoyable. Um, but overall, you know, I was really happy. I was really surprised with how the uh, tournament went. 
I thought it was run really well. I liked a lot of the touches that they gave. Like there was something a lot more towards the, not necessarily presentation. Like I'm not talking about like top eight presentation. I'm just talking about like while you're walking around kind of presentation. Like one of my favorite things was that in the line to get in, like they just had these CRTs sitting on the floor that were on with the AV sign on them and these arcade cabinets sitting on the side. So it's just like, while you were walking in the line, you saw things, you're like, oh, cool, look, CRTs, you know, like, and then, uh, you know, the joystick museum was a nice touch, having the arcade there, which was free to play the entire uh, two days, Friday and Saturday, nice touch. I just felt like it was probably the first time I honestly can say that the two days were not enough. And I'm not just talking about me from a standpoint that I was running around doing commentary and jumping from stream to stream, but I've heard from several people saying that they actually felt like they didn't have enough time to check out all the stuff. I mean, we call it Artist Alley, but we definitely joked on the Synchronized Podcast that it was more like the artist neighborhood. It was like the, the artist block or something because there were so many artists, so many booths there at Evo. And, and you know, every year I tried to take photos of all the different booths and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Watching Aru's stream of him just walking around Evo probably gave you a good indication of how big the venue was i mean it literally took like five to ten minutes to go from the vortex gallery side of things to the main stage side of things the venue was ginormous and there was just so many vendors and stuff and it was so neat and there was so much to do i barely got to see the joystick museum and i never got to touch any of the arcade i never got to touch street fighter 6 so like I'm just I just didn't have time for a lot of stuff, and I'm actually starting to get to the point where I almost believe Evo needs another day, like not necessarily for tournaments because that's hard, but for people who want to go and do stuff, maybe even opening up on Thursday and just having a non-tournament day that it's just a hang out at the venue, check things out kind of stuff. I saw uh, Naoki Hashimoto. The person who sings all of the uh, Guilty Gear Strive songs and, you know, all the previous songs as well, like Smell of the Game and, and uh, not Smell of the Game, but uh, Heavy Day, Birthday Train, you know, those guys. He was like, because there was the video of the audience singing, you know, Smell of the Game and then it pans over and you see Daisuke and Daisuke's looking around like, whoa, everybody's singing this music. And even though he has a mask on, you can kind of see him smile and be like, yeah, <laughs> Like, he's just like, this is sick. This is sick. You know, so, um, right. So opening it on Sunday, I don't think is the right idea, right? Because they want people in the arena as opposed to the venue. So I think one day ahead of time might be a little better. But, you know, with that video of Daisuke seeing everybody sing, uh, Naoki, Naoki Hashimoto retweeted it and was like, I would love to sing for people one of these days like that would be so awesome a dream come true and dude like i know the snk sound team was there they played some music as well dude we should just have thursday be like a pre-event concert day right like can you imagine that can you imagine um does it feel like you the playstation present was noticeably greater this year at all not really 
Uh, I mentioned early Frostman that there was definitely some VIP boots and we used the PlayStation channel for the jump off. But for the most part, it felt like Evo to me. Uh, but having a Thursday be like a concert day where they're just in the middle of the venue playing all this music and while everybody's going to the artist alley and stuff, they can just check out all the, all you know, listen to the music and stuff like that. I think that would actually be super sick. Yeah, the Evo album, uh, by the way, uh, done by Zed Tabani, a.k.a. formerly known as Red Rapper. I don't think he goes by that name anymore. He's just Zed Tabani now. Uh, but again, yeah, uh, I, I say this a lot, and there's not a lot. There's People don't realize how, men, how many places I've had my fingers in in the FGC. Uh, Zed, you know basically is like one of the first rappers to ever be at the oh god what is the school called there's a school in boston that's just for music and he was like one of the first rappers to ever be you know at that school for for rap music and uh he got really big after the whole cody song that he did the one year and the only reason why all that happened was because I used to do the Evo intros. Yes, Berkeley. That's the one. Berkeley. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, I used to do all the Evo intros. I made all the Evo intros before. And one year, my idea for Evo intros was to just do like slam poetry kind of thing, like beatless, but just someone just waxing nostalgic about like why this game is awesome and stuff like that. I even wrote a whole rap uh, for a bunch of stuff. And then I got a uh, red rapper to come in and help me out. And then he did all the intros. He did the Cody intro. And he went viral for that, even got into an official Capcom commercial, did a bunch more Evo intros, thanks to a lot of that, got into Berkeley, and then uh, apparently um, Rick asked him to come back and like redux Evo, like redo it and start over again. He got to do all this stuff and, you know, like it's awesome. Like that's that's my whole goal, right, is to have everybody that I can help get successful at because of fighting games because of the fgc right and you know zed is just one of many stories of people who have had basically dreams fulfilled thanks to the fighting game community and i think that's that's really really awesome i remember being in the uh shiggle bmx garage trying to give red uh, zed advice on how to play fighting games i even still remember the advice that i gave him <laughs> at the time um, but yeah, I mean, his, uh, he put out an album, he helped write the songs. So all the songs for all the intros, uh, Pikachu happy meal. What the heck? Why didn't I see that earlier? I didn't even see that from Kitty. What the hell? Did I totally miss that? Uh, no, I'm okay. I don't need a Pikachu, uh, happy meal. Thank you though. Thank you. I totally missed that. Sorry. Sorry. I just didn't see the message at all. Um, but no, I, 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 I'm good. <laughs> but again, he, he did a whole album. All the songs were written. I think he wrote all of the intro songs. And even the one for, uh, I think it was the one for Melty Blood. They even got the voice of Ruby to sing that one, I think. Or something crazy like that. It, it, like, it's literally, like there's just some crazy, like he got to do some cool stuff on there. Uh, he also got a bunch of us to do sections on the album where we just talked about things that Evo means to us and stuff like that. I haven't had a chance to hear it. I need to hit him up and see if I can uh, take a listen to that. So, 
But yeah, um, before I get on to each individual game here, I'm not going to spend too much time on each individual games because I'm not as well versed on each of the individual communities as I have been before. But obviously, one of the big things that happened on Friday for me was the uh, Street Fighter Six panel uh, where they announced the two new commentators joining Vicious and Aru uh, in the game. And, uh, of course, I was one of them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, that announcement definitely made me cry. Uh, mostly, I mean, I knew it was coming and everything like that. But uh, the craziest thing is before we walked out of the curtain, when we were about to get announced, Tasty Steve and I were just standing there and I was already getting emotional and getting super nervous. And then Tasty Steve just looked for looked at me and was like, yo, man, congratulations. And just gave me a hug. And like he was like, we did it. We did it. And like, God, like you, if you guys know Steve, when he gets genuine like that and when he gets to that point like it's it is he is one of the most genuine humans out there and so he just gave me the hug and then I just started crying so when I walked out on stage I was already bawling thanks to Tasty Steve so damn you Steve <laughs> damn you Steve <laughs> oh man uh, I don't know how many questions I can answer on the stream here uh, I would have to consult with Capcom to find out uh, before I say anything. So I can't really say, I can't really answer too many questions. Uh, all I can say is that I am in the game. <laughs> I am in the game and I'm really, really happy and really, really so pleased that they actually let me put in Is It Gonna Kill? into the actual dialogue of the game like it's it's kind of sick like they didn't make me water it down i didn't have to say is it gonna ko is it gonna ko like they actually just let me straight up say say is it gonna kill and that's cool and of course as i've joked many times i haven't been able to get i wasn't able to get my other catchphrase into the game <laughs> it's not gonna happen but again, uh, I've known about this for quite some time. It's been kind of rough not talking about it, to be honest with you. So it's really happy that they finally announced it because uh, all I, I, I'm just like, people would be like, you should be in the game, James. And I was like, yeah, if I were in the game, that would be amazing <laughs> because it's true. Like I never lied. I didn't lie to anybody, right? It's true. If I were in the game, <laughs> That would be amazing. I, I am in the game, so it is amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shoot. Oh, thank you, Mons. Thank you, Mons. <laughs> um, yeah, PC modding community will probably get it in there somehow. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, exactly. So, you know, um, I am I, really happy to be in there and, like, the best way that I described, like people ask me like, how does it feel? And I don't even know how to respond. Like it's such a crazy thing, this game that I've dedicated, the series, this genre that I've dedicated so much of my life to, you know, to be immortalized in the game itself is absolutely um, like, it's just 
the way I said it on Twitter is like I can't even call it a dream come true because there's nothing that I there's I couldn't have dreamed of this. Like there's just no part of my brain that would be like one day you will be immortalized in an official Street Fighter game. Like that wasn't a goal. That wasn't a dream. Like there was none of it was just I want to introduce fighting games to more people. And uh the fact that I'm now forever immortalized in Street Fighter 6 is crazy. And and yeah, I mean I know a lot of people are like I'm just going to turn the feature off anyway. I mean Fine, feel free. That was one of the first things I asked when they asked me to do it. They're like, do you want to do this? There's this crazy feature. Would you like to do this? And I was like, can you turn it off? Because, like, <laughs> obviously, when it's live tournament, we need to commentate it, not have the commentators be commentating. Uh, but also, you know, everybody's commentary is going to uh, appeal to different people. So, you know, I want to make sure that people can turn it off and such. So... You know, uh, it's it's cool. I've seen some clips of some really, you know, showing it off a little bit, and it's it's really neat. Once you guys get to see it fully in action, let's just say that the end of the trailer that Tasty Steve and I are in, where we kind of go back and forth, that's kind of a little bit of a preview and a hint to how how much the feature will actually be fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, it's it's really cool. It's it's really nice. <laughs> I could just take the day off, ask them to turn it. Yeah, just turn it on. Have have David respond to me, my in-game. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no, they did a lot of really cool things with it. The 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 actual recording process was super fun, really educational too. And you know, I have always wanted to be a cartoon voice, so doing this is basically like the closest thing possible. And it was just really neat. Um I would actually love, you know, to to do more voiceover work in the future, but I mean, this is a pretty good <laughs> this is already a pretty good accomplishment, you know, I can I can check off and just it's crazy because like I talked about it on Facebook like after the trailer came out, I talked about it on Facebook and I have friends who I knew in the UCLA arcade and stuff and they're just like this is so wild. I remember playing fighting games with you like way back then you know when we were just a bunch of nerds playing video games and here you are in the game they're like it's so crazy and uh it's it's it is weird it is weird and you know it's weird i'm sure for a lot of those people to see that that's happened to me you know <laughs> uh did i get to improvise or is it just a script so they gave me a script and uh, the general idea of the tone of what I was supposed to say, but they allowed me to rewrite every line as long as they could approve of every single one of them. And that's basically what happened there. In fact, some of the lines that I wrote were too long, and so when it came down to the recording session, we had to cut out lines and stuff like that. But for the most part, they let me try to be genuine to myself. And that was really cool. So a lot of the things, like, I'm going to be the color commentator, so I'm not going to have as many lines as uh, Steve and Vicious. But, um, you know, they let me say a lot of the things that I normally say. Like, there's there's a lot of, like, space fillers and stuff like that. And they just let me just be like, right, right, right. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. You know, like, they just let me say the things that I say, and I think uh, that's awesome. 
uh, I'm actually uh, really happy about that. So, um, oh well, that's the reason Subatar is because I actually have a different role. Uh, as the commentator in the game. So yeah, if you notice on the website, I'm listed as a color commentator. So I don't have as many lines. I spend most of my time just kind of reinforcing things that they say, interjecting things here. And, you know, uh, I, I won't be, you know, a, in as prominent of a role, which is fine. I, I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm still in the game, so whatever. <laughs> it's like really, really sick. So it's very cool, and I'm very, very excited and ecstatic that I have this opportunity, and it's, um, yeah, it's, like I said, I can't even call it a dream come true. It's just, it's unprecedented. It's nothing I would have ever imagined to have happened, and so that it has happened is pretty crazy, is uh, pretty um, wild. So um, it's it's been an interesting two weeks and honestly after the announcement happened I just got flooded with messages all over the place so thank you to everybody out there who didn't take the time to message me and everything like that and give me congratulations and stuff and I think that's that's really really cool uh the very end of the Tasty Steve and myself trailer is kind of a hint as to how it's going to be so, uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was really cool. And again, uh, I, I wish I could say more about it. Uh, not even just, not even from a technical standpoint or you guys want more information about the game standpoint, but more from a, I wish I could express how it makes me feel knowing that I'm in there more. I just can't because it's so hard of, uh, hard to really describe um and uh and it's still crazy too because i've recorded my lines i'm in the game i still haven't played the game i legit have not played the game for a single second of my life like literally like people are probably like oh shut up james you're lying you're just on nda no i literally have not touched the game ever at all to this point, I have never played the game, so I, have, I still don't know how the game plays, and I definitely did not have the ability or time to play it while I was at EVO. Capcom did try to schedule a session for me, but I just, I was in every direction, man. I was pulled in every direction at EVO this year, and I, I mean, needless to say, the EVO fatigue has been immense i have been so exhausted this past week it's been it's been crazy so uh thanks thanks uh coty uh show enough coty thank you very much appreciate it uh the other pies i fingered there's a lot of things there's a lot of things out there that i have definitely done uh god i don't it's like I don't know, like, uh, what other stories there are out there. Oh, hey, Melody. Big Willy, Big Willy emotes. What's going on? Uh, I mean, like, one of the ones that I know, uh, like, I know a lot of people don't know about this. In fact, probably only two people know about it at all. Um, when Daigo first started streaming, when he was going to start the Beast TV, um, he was, uh, they, the streaming was still kind of new. He hadn't done it yet. 
And his manager, Shino, is a very good friend of mine. I love her to death. She's the best. She's a sweetheart. And, uh, you know, she since me and David had been doing streaming, she messaged me. And she was like, hey, we're going to try to start the stream with Daigo. Uh, I need your advice. Should we have an English translator on there? And uh, I was like, yes, 100%. 100%. Uh, and so uh, she was like, okay, cool. Uh, who should, like, do you have any recommendations for people to be on the stream? I was like, put Juna on there. Juna is absolutely going to be the best person uh, to do that role. And so she was like, oh, okay, cool. Then we'll, we'll try to get Juna on there. So, like, Juna probably doesn't even know this, but I helped him get onto the Beast TV stream. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of things that I have done in the FGC for a lot of different people. So uh, a lot of people don't know these kind of things that have happened behind the scenes. So I'm always out there trying to hook people up, man. That's the way it works. It's the way it works out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. That is my ultimate goal, man, is to find success for all the people who deserve the success. I mean, Jiuna was already doing a lot of cool things in Japan. He was doing a lot of cool things out there already and being kind of one of our best uh, liaisons in Japan. But, you know, he was really good at translations. His Japanese was good. He knew fighting games really well, so he was just, I felt like, the obvious choice uh, to get him onto Beast TV early on, you know. Uh, these kind of things, I mean, again, like, I've been in the fighting game community for so long. Like, I have done, I have helped, I mean, at this point in time, I think he might just be a content creator. His content is super successful right now, so he might, I don't know if he does translation work right now or if he does teaching but I'm sure his content is actually doing great stuff because of being part of Panda has helped a lot. So, uh, you could tell Vicious was pretending to be shocked. <laughs> uh, Scrub McRub, I had seen Street Fighter VI before uh, the, the teaser at CPT. Not very well, though. Not very well. I was, uh, it was, I mean, I don't know if I can say this much, but... The, the the internet connection I had with Japan was not very good. All I could see was basically blobs. So <laughs> I really couldn't get a good idea of what was going on, uh, to be honest with you, because the compression on the video was just awful. So uh, so I seen it, kind of, but it wasn't great. So it's fine. It's whatever. I And it was funny, too, because anytime they showed me stuff, like, this is the kind of person I am, too. Like, I was obviously under very, very strict NDA. And if I had leaked anything, like, I was dead, right? Like, they, like, literally, I think Nakayama and Matsumoto-san would have flown to California, found me, and then I would have just disappeared, right? They would have just taken me out of my house, and I would have... No, they'd never do that. Nakayama-san and Matsumoto-san are the best in the world. But obviously, I was under strict NDA. So much to the point that anything that I did see... I intentionally tried to never think about again so I would forget the things that I saw. Also, not only just to protect myself NDA-wise, but to make it harder for me to accidentally spoil things if I just can't remember a goddamn thing. <laughs> so a lot of the times I was just like, okay, okay, okay. I don't, I just like threw it out of my mind and that was it. So uh, that was basically... Uh, that was it right there. 
But uh, again, I'm really happy to see what they're doing with Street Fighter 6. We'll talk a little bit more about Street Fighter 6 later on in here. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> plausible Chennai ability. Yeah, basically. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the games uh, uh, that took place at Evo. Like I said, uh, I, I used to do blog posts. Uh, my, blo my old blog is actually still up jchenzor.blogspot.com you can go see a bunch of the old shit that I actually put in like that I wrote about the old evos and stuff like that and I was very candid and I was very open and critical about things like I talk about the year that Guilty Gear didn't show up for their 10am grand finals and like literally nobody like two out of the 11 players who were supposed to be there didn't even sh only two out of 11 the players showed up on time and that was one of the years we had the Yara sponsorship. So there was like $5,000 on the line and stuff like that. So, oh no, that's not the right one. Uh, it would be here. It would be that. jchenzor.blogspot.com. I think it's still up. Yep, there it is. Okay. Oh, the last thing I wrote on there was me getting mad at people for... Uh, talking shit about my uh, commentary. Ha, that's funny. Um, but um, the, uh, so I just kind of wanted to go through each game one by one and talk about, you know, where I feel like the, the, the games are, are at right now and just kind of where my perception of each of the communities are and what state we're all in. Why do I keep closing this thing, my UI here? So I'm just gonna do it in the order that the top eight was actually played. So we'll start with uh, Skullgirls here. Now, obviously, I'm not very ensconced in a lot of these communities, so it's going to be hard for me to say a lot about this. But um, Skullgirls, I mean, I know a lot of people are happy about Skullgirls getting into EVO this year. I mean, I don't know why people are making such a big deal out of it didn't take that long. I mean, they just released season one and then it got into Evo, right? So, I mean, it wasn't that long, right? <laughs> uh, no, obviously, uh, really, really uh, happy for people out there uh, for the Skullgirls community. Really, really happy for them to finally get into Evo, like officially get into Evo like this. They've been trying to get into there for years and years and years. And, you know, the pandemic obviously helped them out a lot because it highlighted, you know, their excellent net code. And, you know, they went through a lot of turmoil during the pandemic as well. There was a big, obviously during the pandemic, there was the kind of like the FGC Me Too movement where a lot of people were kind of, you know, uh, exposed for for bad behavior essentially so you know the Skullgirls dev team obviously went through some stuff but to have them come out of this on the other side with the season one by being at evo and having a top eight and uh you know from what i had heard the top eight was amazing sonic fox taking it uh i mean probably not i mean honestly there were a lot of people out there obviously gunning for sonic fox but sonic fox proving that they're still the best at Skullgirls uh in grand finals up against the kill sage uh their main Skullgirls training partner so yeah it's just it's so cool that all of this is still happening um 
What was the reveal trailer for Skullgirls here? Uh, let me know. What's the reveal trailer for Skullgirls? Was it was it official Block Dahlia uh, trailer? Um, which one? Which one was the uh, official? Tra oh, Marie. Oh, dang. Okay, okay, Marie. So let's do this here. Actually, I haven't had a chance to see this because, like I said, I've been running around everywhere. Hard for me a lot of the times to actually catch the stuff that I want to see. So let's uh, let's see if I can get this onto the stream for everybody over here. Do, 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 do. Yep, here we go. Display. So if I do this, we should be able to see this. Hopefully, I won't get uh, uh, hit by any sort of... Uh, DMCA is playing any of these trailers, which has happened before. So let's take a look at this. Jeez, 10 years. Oh wow, so they're actually it's advancing. You shouldn't be here. Marie! Best friends forever! Oh dang, okay, okay. Did we Dude, yes, it was on PS3 at one point in time. Oh, so we didn't get any, like, gameplay footage of Marie then. It was just basically, that's all, we just got to see that she's the next character coming into the game then, basically. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, okay. Uh, let me do something really quick here. Do some tweaks here to make sure I can get it to look like this. Yeah, much better. Okay. Yeah, it is 10 years, 10 years since this game has been announced, I mean, since this game has been released, so really, really nice. I mean, again, I'm so happy for the Skullgirls community, and yeah, it's basically on everything. It's on the Switch, it's on whatever you want it to be on. It's, it's you can find Skull, I mean, I think I've bought Skullgirls on like four different platforms. Unfortunately, I haven't played a lot of it just because there's so many damn fighting games, and Skullgirls, if it plays anything like MVC2 and stuff like that, means I will automatically be bad at the game. So, <laughs> I just, I haven't gotten into the game. So, because I'm awful at team games. So, uh, it's just not a game that I have sat down to learn much. But again, just really happy for uh, everybody who is such a fan who has stuck with it and, you know, had their big Evo tournament. I think that's super, 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 super cool and uh, really exciting. And uh, all right, I'll check that out when I have a chance. But um, uh, outside of that, I don't really have much to say about the Skullgirls situation. I'm just really happy for them. 
I really, really hope that their their game continues to, you know, go. And it, it's one of those games because it's a sprite-based game and because the sprites are so detailed. It's also a game that doesn't age. And that's actually really kind of important as well. Because even if you get to, like, more pixel animation, which Skullgirls is already, you could barely see any of the pixels on there. Games like that don't age. And that's one of the beautiful things about Skullgirls is that it's kind of timeless. I said the same thing about Exert as well because they chose to go with an art style. Like, Exert is never going to look old, right? Like, it, it just looks how it looks. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, but, um, uh, I'm happy for them. And I think that Skullgirls, I mean, they've lasted 10 years already. They have a new season. They got at Evo. They've got rollback netcode for the longest of time. I don't see why this scene is going to be going anywhere. And I don't see any, <laughs> I just, I don't see how this community can't continue to, uh, ex you know, thrive and continue to survive and live through uh, everything that's happening. So uh, let's move on to the next game here, Mortal Kombat 11. This one is an interesting situation here because Mortal Kombat 11, NRS has not really announced anything um, at all, right? I mean, there was even an article that was before EVO that was like, you know, Capcom and Bandai Namco and NRS likely to announce new things at EVO. And Ed Boon literally had to respond to that and be like, uh, not Mortal Kombat. So, like, he had to temper the expectations uh, to make sure people weren't going to be like, what? No announcement? And basically, uh, there was no announcements for NRS. And um, this is the interesting thing. Is the NRS community is so used to jumping to a new game every two years. It was MK, the reboot, and then Injustice, then MK9, and Injustice 2. Well, no, it was MK, the reboot, which was 9. And then they did 10 Injustice. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. The reboot was 9. <laughs> sorry. Reboot was 9. Injustice, MKX. Injustice 2, MK11, and this is the first time that they've really had nothing coming out. And it's hard because, I mean, for that community, they're so used to jumping to the next game. I don't think that they're very accustomed to trying to keep the current game alive longer than for two and a half years. Usually the NRS community is like, okay, Next game's coming out. Let's focus on that. And obviously the fans of the old games, like there's still an MK9 community out there, an MKX community out there still playing the games and stuff like that. But, you know, the, the community as a whole oftentimes moves forward uh, a lot of the times. And so, you know, the NRS community is in, in, in a really interesting spot. And I think it's kind of tough for them right now. And I, and, I, and I definitely sympathize with them, and I hope they get something, I hope they get some sort of announcement uh, soon. Oh, the article never said NRS. Oh, it claimed WB would make announcements. That's fair, that's fair. Okay. But, you know, uh, it, it, I mean, we're assuming that they're probably gonna try to do a new Mortal Kombat at some point in time. MK versus DC2 would be an interesting one if they could actually put in the violence because the first MK versus DC was... Eh. <laughs> uh, but, 
Yeah, and that's the other thing that Ebenkin mentions in the chat. The problem was NRS stopped supporting MK11. If they were still supporting MK11, the community would not be so vocal. But when you stop, it basically means the next game is coming. And yeah, they actually said, we are ceasing production on any further content for MK11. They literally announced it, uh, that they were done. That there would be no more further updates on MK11. And so the NRS community is in a waiting pattern right now. Now, is there any fear that nothing's coming out? <laughs> no. Like something's coming out. We just have to know. We just, They just want to know when. And in the meantime, it's hard. It's hard to maintain the community when it feels like the devs have stopped supporting it right now. Again, a lot of communities do that. And that's fine. Like you just talk to Exert, Soul Calibur, all these different groups out there that have been doing this. But again, the NRS community is not used to this, right? This is not something that they're accustomed to, uh, to not have this kind of outright support for their game. Uh, yeah, a lot of people suspecting Game Awards. That's largely where NRS has announced a lot of things, which is why at the last Game Awards, people were surprised that there was nothing announced, right? Um, but again... You know, it, the the game itself, MK11, is in a kind of a neat place right now because currently the dominant players are the two brothers from Chile, and you know, it, you know, it, it, it's 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 neat for that reason because it, it brings a lot more life into the competitive aspect of the game, right? You have the, uh, the 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 two Chile brothers who are basically been winning everything at this point in time. And, you know, it's definitely Evo this year was an opportunity for, you know, the entire MK11 community to come out and try to see if they could stop them. And surely enough, they did not. And Chile uh, won an Evo. How sick is that? How cool is that? And I think that there's a lot of... Um, I think there's a lot of awesomeness and a lot of drive for players to continue to strive and be stronger to try to take the prize back away from 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 Chile. Uh, honestly, you know, I hope this does spark some players to go back and continue playing it and really try their best to win. You know, some of the other majors and and maybe if MK11 is still at Evo 2023, right? Um, I think that would be really neat if uh the community could keep the game alive and keep going with everything so um the twins play like seven characters between the two of them that's nice uh oh yeah yeah K kbr won uh umvc3 that's true that's true so they these guys would be the second chileans that would actually have won and honestly yeah kbr was there uh he didn't win this year he won previously and uh, should probably also mention that uh, obviously Zero in the Smash Brothers community is also from Chile as well. So Chile just has a lot of strong players in general. But I mean, it's it's still super cool to see that, right? Because South America, good netcode is one of the biggest boons to the South American community. I've been to South America. They flew me out to Chile in the past and I got to meet a lot of these people and I got to see their fighting game community out down there and talking with a lot of them. It's the same story. Like it's really, really hard to get a visa to get, Amer get to America. And it's also playing fighting games is prohibitively expensive for South America. Like, for us, it's like, oh, we buy the $60 game, okay. And then, oh, we got to buy this $30 season pass. 
like in Chile, it's more expensive, and the average earnings of the of citizens down in South America is a lot less than you know even our minimum wage here in the United States. And so for them, buying a brand new game and then supporting it with all of the season passes year after year after year is super expensive. And after I went down to Chile and actually saw, you know, the situation and talked to so many of them, it kind of spurred, because like, they were like, James, James, what can Chile do to make esports as big as it is in the United States? <laughs> and you know, it sucks. Because, like, I have to literally look at them and just be like, it's not that big in the United States, man. <laughs> like, it's smoke and mirrors, man. Because, like, esports in the U.S. is nothing. We're nothing. People don't have any idea that esports in the United States is both mostly razzle-dazzle right now. Even the main stuff out there, right? There's a lot of razzle-dazzle involved in there. Obviously, stuff like LCS is really big and stuff, but those are very, very specific situations. Uh, but we aren't in that position yet. And so, for me, I realize that in order to make it so that countries like Chile and Kuwait, which I've been to, and, you know, all these other places to be, well, Kuwait, obviously, they're not in the same kind of situation, but, you know, just having traveled all over the world and seeing a bunch of different FGCs out there, the best ways to help them succeed is to get esports bigger in the States first, right? We need to actually turn esports into a real thing so that we have the ability and the clout, right? Because, I mean, we're Evo. We're not just going to sit here and be like, hey, government, can you fly dude out from Brazil to America to play in fighting game tournament? The government's like, we have no guarantee they'll return, so no. And then we'll be like, but we're Evo. We're FGC. We're eSports. And they're like, what the fuck does that mean? And so basically we get, like, we have no clout. We have no power. Like, eSports literally does not have the clout that a lot of people think that we do, you know? So in order to help a lot of these other countries, we have to grow bigger in the States. And so, yes, a lot of the times people are right. You know, FGC doesn't need to go big. It doesn't need to go eSports. And I don't want it to go eSports. I want it to go bigger FGC. But the reason why I push for us to grow and to get bigger is to do is to help. It's to help as many of the different areas as possible. I want this to be a global thing where someone's like, hey, I need a visa to travel to Evo. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, Evo. Okay, let's go. Like, that's what I want, right? That's what I want. Even if they don't watch it, even if they aren't like FGC fans, if we can just get to the point where people know what FGC is, and if we say Evo, people will be, you know, literal governments will be like, oh, yes, fly out to the competition, represent our country, and if you win, we'll, you know, we'll freaking gamer be, you know, basically, you know, give you a parade when you come home kind of thing. So... So uh, it's very important, honestly, very important to grow esports, grow FGC to the point where we can support as many different communities as possible. And, and I think that's awesome. And, and that's the goal, right? That's kind of one of the things that I'm trying to do. 
Uh, that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, why I try to spread the love of fighting games everywhere, far and wide, because the bigger we get, the stronger we all become, regardless of the community. So didn't mean to turn Mortal Kombat 11 discussion into you know, helping South American countries and stuff like that. But honestly, South America has been so strong in fighting games for such a long time. We already named so many champions from Chile. Uh, obviously, Brazil has a ton of great players that we just haven't been able to see them because they can't travel, and our netcode sucked. Now that the netcode's getting bigger, South America is really, really starting to show its teeth, and I think that's awesome. And I think we need to do that. And, you know, it doesn't have to be more commercials, Zod. It doesn't have to be more commercials. We can find different ways. We can charge more for the commercials that already exist if we get more people viewing, right? You know, things like that. And that's how we, how we uh, try to grow it. Unfortunately, it does mean we do have to put up with a little bit of the commercial aspect of things. But as long as we can do it right, as long as we have control over it, you know, in a significant way, you know, I don't ever want to get to the point where we're sanitized, right? For example, I don't want to get to the point where we have to be squeaky clean necessarily. Like, I want Yipes to be able to be Yipes on commentary and, you know, and uh, Majin Obama to be himself on commentary and Tasty Steve to be himself on commentary. Like, the whole goal is to allow people to be what they are you know what i mean and that's my favorite thing about fgc fgc is more about personalities than anything than any community out there right it's more about the personalities because you know even if you didn't care about dragon ball fighters you watched sonic fox versus goichi even if you didn't care about dragon ball fighters you watched sonic fox versus goichi the players are the most important part about the FGC. They will always be the most important part about the FGC. And the personalities are wonderful. If you looked at all my Evo trailers that I've made throughout the years, I didn't have the resources to do it earlier, but you can tell that I would... The three main trailers that I made for the Evo DVDs shifted more and more player-focused as time went on. Uh, like the first ones were like, here's the games that are on there. But then like the later ones that I made were more about, look at the players that you can see on that. So, uh, I think that's, that's kind of, uh, important. Uh, so the players are really, really important. Well, I mean, so we talk about Dota International first place being 18.2 million. Again, we, what we have to realize here and what a lot of people don't talk about here is the reason why the fighting game community is not going to get $18.2 million in prize money is because Evo celebrates every fighting game. And people have to realize how difficult that makes it for us to grow the way that a lot of other companies do. LCS puts riot puts everything into lcs right uh all the budget that valve has goes into dota right and then they sell the in-game items for prize pool money and people are buying the hell out of these things for this huge prize pool uh etc etc and yeah skins skins is definitely a possibility which is why king of fighters 15 get on those skins man get on those skins get on the costumes but again it's it's different because how do you do that for Evo, right? So, like, is a company like Capcom going to say, hey, let's 
sell all these skins and costumes and stages and put all this money into Evo or are they going to make it so that Capcom Cup awards $250,000 to the winner of the Capcom Cup, which is only for Street Fighter, which is where they could put all their money into. Why would they put the $250,000 into Evo when they can put the $250,000 into Capcom Cup? This is where the difficulty of what we as a community have to fight for right now. Evo is such a global thing, and, and, and it's better this way. I'd rather have it so that Evo celebrates all of the different games. And so I don't want it to be like all the all the stuff goes, and, and Evo becomes a Street Fighter tournament. Like, that's a bad thing, right? So... The question is, how do we get that prize money uh, for them? And, you know, Evo has to either make a shit ton more money to be able to put in there. But again, you know, when you raise the prices of entry to the for the actual venue fees, that doesn't go to prize pools. And the venue is getting bigger. We've even just earlier talked about getting into Thursday and stuff like that, like that money has to come from somewhere, so it has to be the entry fees. But we've already done polls many, many times on Twitter and on SRK forums, et cetera, et cetera, asking if we up the entry fee for a game from $10 to $20, is that okay? Most people said no, they would stop going, right? Matcherino uh, is another big one. We definitely have to start working with Matcherino. There's a lot of options out there, and we have to look into a lot of those things uh, to start trying to make the prize pool get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's hard. It's very, very difficult thing to do. Matcherino is a good start, though, for sure. Um, what if we just move Evo to a cheaper place for venue and hotel? No, 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 no. I can already tell you how much of a disaster it is when Evo is at smaller places and then when it's at other places where there's nothing to do, how angry people get at the at the event and stuff. And yeah, I mean, Sony, maybe they should be fronting the pop prizes. This is a brand new venture for Sony. They have no idea what's going on. They're not going to throw all this money into the tournament on the very, very first one. It, this is not how the world works. The world works in that you don't get promoted into your a new position until you've done the job of that promoted position for at least a year or two. That's just how the world works, right? I don't go from a developer to a senior developer on potential. I do it because as a regular developer, I've been doing senior developer work for two years, and then they promote me into the position, Right, Sony's not going to throw all this money into Evo on the first year. It's just not going to happen, dude. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Evo in Vegas is rough, but uh, trust me, Evo in every other location that we've had has not been great. Uh, largely because Vegas is one of the only places that's open this late. And uh, we, when it was at Cal Poly Pomona here in Southern California and you were done with Evo, there was literally nothing to do. There's literally nothing to do. And if you want to go buy drinks, go eat, whatever, like, there's just nothing. There's literally nothing to do, right? So Vegas is actually one of the better locations, uh, in, my, in my opinion. Sounds like exploitation, Peter0611. <laughs> You're not wrong. 
you're not wrong. But again, that's how the world works, unfortunately. And we don't have the ability to uh, fight that, basically, at this point. So, um, yeah, Seattle would be an interesting one. Sounds like, yeah, sounds like capitalism, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough situation. I mean, again, another thing, too, is that uh, Vegas definitely loves Evo as well. And so they definitely help out a lot. Like, people aren't aware of this, but in order to run Evo, you're literally talking to the city of Las Vegas. Like, this is not just, hey, we're running it at the Mandalay Bay. We're, like, Evo literally has to talk to the city of Vegas about internet, about power, about all this stuff. And then, you know, obviously because it's so hot in the summer, Vegas, it's kind of considered an off-season for Vegas because it gets so hot. So the fact that Evo can draw so many people to Vegas in the summertime is a big attractive thing for the city of Las Vegas. It's not just the Mandalay Bay. It's like Las Vegas likes Evo being there in the summer. So they're going to definitely do a lot of things to help out in that way as well. Jumping from one venue to another is never as easy to just be like hey let's try this other place and then everything explodes <laughs> like if we're in a venue that we know the map that we know the av team that we know the arena that we know all this that we've worked with for a few years it's kind of easier to stay that way right so uh i mean evo japan i mean yeah how about evo japan tubs gary um first year of evo japan People were not happy. Second year of Evo Japan, there was no room for top eight. Like, literally, the top eight was as big as a classroom in college, maybe smaller. Like, you couldn't get tickets into the top eight. Like, nobody sat in the venue to watch the Evo top eight in Tokyo. And then, like, it went to Fuku, Fukuoka. And, dude, like, it, it's, like... Look at how hard it's been for Evo Japan to find a proper venue for this. So why didn't Sony or Pokimane put money into the winnings? I already said this earlier. Why would they do that in its first year? Like, I, I just, I, 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 like, as I mentioned, we have to be in a position where Sony could be like, okay, this was a worthy investment. This is a worthy investment. Let's take a look at, um... Let's take a look at uh, MLG. MLG. How much was MLG sold to? MLG sold to Activision. Uh, for $46 million. Activision bought MLG for $46 million. And I have it on good intel the majority of that $46 million was, um, yeah, look at this article. Yahoo had discussions with MLG last fall, according to online reports, but those talks never resulted in a deal. And despite raising an additional $6 million 2014, the company was rumored to be running out of money. MLG was running out of money. The $46 million that went into MLG a lot of it was to pay the debt that it owed venture capitalists. Like MLG was so far in the hole that the majority of that $46 million that Activision spent 
on MLG was to cover the debt that MLG owed to venture capitalists. And so basically what you're telling companies like Sony to do is like, why don't you just put yourself in the hole for something that you purchase and you're not sure is going to pan out? And it's like, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, right, exactly the stoner. And that's the, that's the thing. If you compare the amount of money between FTC compared to Valve and Riot, you know, I went to Dota TI in Vancouver. I'm pretty sure there's more people in that arena than there were at Evo, and that's one game. Again, Valve is dedicating everything to that event for their one single game. Capcom Pro Tour can try to do stuff like that. Evo, it's going to be harder because it's not going to be Capcom presents Evo, Street Fighter VI, and banish every other game from the event, right? How do you make it so that if... Everybody enters Street Fighter VI, the prize pool gets spread to other games. Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? It's just, FGC doesn't have that money. <laughs> it just doesn't have that money right now. And that's, that's the whole thing. That's why I keep saying it's all smoke and mirrors. We're at this point. I mean, again, case in point, every time I tell people, you know, and this is not for people out there to feel bad for me. This is the life I've chosen, okay? I have literally chosen to live this way because I want to support the FGC. But I am on unemployment. I am on food stamps right now. I'm one of the premier commentators of the fighting game community. And I'm basically living like literally month, week to week trying to survive in this environment. You know, there is no money in the FGC, and that's just kind of how we are right now. It's a terrible thing to say out loud because that'll convince Sony to put more money into our community, <laughs> right? <laughs> By the way, Sony, put money into our community because we have no money here. You know, like, um, it's it, we're in a tough situation, and which is why it's hard because, like, at the same time, I want to be like, guys, dude, if you want the FGC to grow bigger, Put more money into this thing. But at the same time, then people get mad at you because now you're a shill. Now you're a corporate. I mean, like, people, when MVCI came out, I genuinely thought the game was cool. I got called a shill. Everybody got called a shill. And so we're in the same FGC that we are in, right? <laughs> we're in the same FGC that we're in. So, um... Right, but then we have to keep having the trigger Twitter arguments about how low the prize winnings are for first place at Evo. You know what the crazy thing is? We'll have 500 people watching an event, and there's 30 codes left for Matcharino. And the amount of times I've had to, as a commentator, be like, come on, there's 500 of you in the chat. It costs you nothing to use these codes for Matcharino. Please jump into the Matcharino. The, the amount of difficulty that it takes to get people to use those Matcharino codes, which cost people nothing, is astronomical, dude. It's hard. It's a very difficult thing to pull off. And uh, it's, I'm not saying that people out there are too cheap. I'm not yelling at everybody out there. I totally get it. This pandemic sucks. Like, we're all losing money, and we're all in this position where we're kind of struggling and suffering. I get it. I get it. But the point being is that 
that's the reality that we're living in right now, right? So if you're saying, like, why can't Sony put more money? Why can't Evo put more money? When we say, hey, we're going to raise the entry fee of Street Fighter V from 10 to $20, and people are like, nope, that's it. I can't go anymore. I can't afford it. Like, where does the prize money come from? Where does the prize money come from, right? That's, that's just, that's the way it works, unfortunately. So... It's a, tu- it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. Um, and we'll figure it out. I mean, we're still working on it. We're still... Oh, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good, skill auto. But yeah, uh, it, it's a tough road. And, and again, why I do the things that I do. Why I keep trying to push fighting games. Why I try to get more people to enjoy it. Is it selfish? Fuck yeah, it's selfish. I want more people to enjoy the fighting games. But at the same time, I'm selfish because I want more people to succeed. I want more people in the fighting game community to be able to make money and live off of this kind of shit, right? And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other people. Yeah, I'm being selfish about it. But that's kind of the reason why that I do the shit that I do in the fighting game community. Because I want it to succeed so that we can start getting better prize pools and such, you know? If you want to talk about upping the prize pool, we need more eyes watching EVO. Because if you have 50,000 people watching EVO, that's really kind of a drop in the bucket compared to other things, right? Like, honestly, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. It needs to be bigger. Uh, yeah, Project L will be an interesting one because we'll see how well they play nice with the other games uh, that Tom and Tony are involved. I'm hoping that they do. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. So, oh, cool. So we had 150,000 people uh, watching Evo. That's good. That's good. That's good numbers. It's good numbers. But obviously, can be bigger. And we need it to be bigger. We need it to be bigger. So uh, I know a lot of people like to talk about this. And again, I don't know everything. So I'm sure there's a lot of things I don't know about that uh, reasons why this didn't happen, reasons why that didn't happen. I can only speculate as much as everybody else can. I do have more information than most people, but that's just kind of the way it works, right? Like FGC, we still need to keep growing, and and, and that's one of the toughest things. And yeah, Hell Traveler, just make fighting games easier to get into. And, you know, I talked about how numbers are scary in frame data, and everybody yells at me for it, right? Like... (laughs) Literally, this is what I'm trying to do, right? I'm literally trying to make it so that fighting games are easier to get into, and now you're telling everybody, do math to play fighting games. Yeah, this is not the way we get people into fighting games, okay? <laughs> this is not how we get people into fighting games, by telling them, do some math <laughs> to play fighting games. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Mm. Now... Let's just move on to the next games here, uh, over here. Uh, I mean, the grand finals of Strive got kind of hosed by the fact that Street Fighter V Top 8 was just so sick. And then also because Umi Show did so well with Happy Chaos, and a lot of people don't like Happy Chaos, uh, honestly. I think that kind of hurt it a little bit. Melty Blood. Uh, Melty Blood, like, obviously... Melty Blood is in an interesting state. I've heard a lot of Melty Blood veterans don't really like Melty Blood type Lumina as much. However, a brand new patch is coming out and they're changing 
a lot of stuff. And I've seen a lot of people very excited for the Melty Blood patch. So the Melty Blood patch could do a lot, lot, lot of good for this game right now. So, you know, here's to hoping that Melty Blood has a patch that really brings back a lot of the excitement into the game because, I mean, Melty Blood was a game that I tried and, you know, I've talked about how fighting games are all so good and, like, I play all of them. Melty Blood was one of them that kind of faded for me. Like, I didn't keep up with the game and I I know I'm not the only one. So hopefully uh, Melty Blood, the patch can invigorate some new life into it and I think that would be... Oh, they're adding a toggle for the auto combos? Oh, God. That might almost be enough to make me want to play it, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, netcode was a problem as well. And a lot of people were saying that they were really frustrated about. So, uh, but, you know, Melty Blood. I mean, you see what Shadow Chip says in the chat. That Melty Blood Top 8 made me buy the game. I didn't know that game was so sick. Again, this is why I tell everybody, even if you don't play the game, please, please, please watch them even if you're at a point where you're like oh you know what street fighter 5 is my favorite game oh i gotta wait till these tekken finals are done to watch street fighter you know learn how to watch tekken learn how to watch mk11 learn how to watch melting blood learn how to watch strive like watching these other games are sick dude fighting games are sick they're fun even if the game's not for you, like DNF Duel is as degenerate as humanly possible, and you're like, God, I hate this game. I hate dying to uh, uh, Hitman because he DP'd me and then drained 60% of my life, and this is dumb. Well, you know what? Other people are playing it, and if you don't have to get hit by the DP, but you watch other people get hit by the DP, you can kind of cackle and laugh about it, and it's fun. <laughs> and it's so great. It's so great. And so, honestly, learn to watch all the different games out there. Fighting games are something so great, and this is all of them, right? It's so fun to watch every single fighting game out there. And to me, it's really important to do that, right? Because, again, why make yourself play Street Fighter V when you're not sure you're really having fun and another game out there might be more enjoyable for you? I know a lot of people who have gone from Street Fighter V to KOF 15 and are extremely happy. Again, not all fighting games are the same, okay? One of the main reasons why I talk about this heart-mind-body concept between all the games so much is because I want to emphasize to people that if A game is not for you, B game might be. Don't give up on the genre because you don't like Street Fighter V. You may jump to KOF 15 and just be like, holy crap, KOF 15 is so good. Holy crap, right? And that, like, right, Melty Blood is Nurima's favorite game, and he started with Street Fighter V. That's the thing. Like, don't force yourself into any game. And then... If you're not getting good at Street Fighter, you're like, well, I can't get good at fighting games. Different fighting games reward different skills. Street Fighter V rewards a very different skill than a lot of other games. KOF 15 and Street Fighter V reward two very, very different talents. And so if you can't succeed at Street Fighter V, you might succeed at KOF. You, you never know. Give, that, give it a cha- chance. Give it a chance that way. So... <clears throat> Yeah, Night Slash, you know, the single-player content is is tough. 
Uh, that's why Street Fighter Six seems so exciting right now. Street Fighter Six, like I'm so so excited that they said like the world tour mode is practically a video game by itself. You know, they, they, I, I can't remember where they said that, but they said like the three main modes are like almost entire video games all in themselves. So that's cool. Right. And you only like UMVC three. So you've been playing that for the last 10 years says KFC. And you know, dude, that's the first time I think I've realized your name is KFC. I've seen you in the chat so many times and I've definitely said your name in my head so many times, but I don't think I ever realized that your name was KFC. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, uh, but yeah, like UMVC3 is a very, very different game than a lot of the other games. And so it's going to reward, like people who like UMVC3 might really like DNF Duel, right? There's a high level of degeneracy and a high level of bullshit that you just get used to and you learn to deal with. Like, you don't play UMVC3 and deal with Virgil Gucci belts and not, and then go play DNF Duel and say Hitman is cheap. <laughs> like, you just don't, you've already learned to accept a certain thing, you know, and, and that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, uh, they don't have to have single player mode, they have to have different offline modes, or the online modes have to be more entertaining. It's just weird. I've said it for a while, and again, everyone gets mad at me for saying it, but ranked mode is miserable. And I still say ranked mode is miserable. Everybody out there who says, what are you talking about, Jace? I play ranked all the time, and it's fun. Yeah, you're self-selected into that. Majority of the people aren't going to see it that way. Ranked mode is absolutely miserable. <laughs> ranked mode is miserable. Dude, let me tell you. Let me tell you. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, um, try to play a lot of different games. And so I'm really excited for Melty Blood. I, I really hope this game gets a resurgence with the new patch. Obviously new patches like this little, like a year after the game has come out, some people might call it too little too late or something, but it's never too little too late. As long as people are playing the game, it's got a scene, right? I mean, look at the Vortex Gallery. Look how many games were in Vortex Gallery. Don't think of the Vortex Gallery as anything lesser than the main games at EVO, just because EVO's not broadcasting their top eight, okay? The work that the Vortex Gallery puts into their stuff is, is important. And the, the amount of games they had in their tournament and how many video games they're keeping alive and keeping the scenes at EVO having a great time is fantastic. So, you know, no matter what, even if Melty Blood drops off of the list of games on the main EVO lineup, it'll be at Vortex Gallery. You can still go to EVO. You can still enjoy Melty Blood against the best in the world. Don't downplay Vortex Gallery. Vortex Gallery is amazing. Amazing. And yeah, like Rudy Comic says, Vortex Gallery was the part I cared most about this year. And that's absolutely justified. That's absolutely fine. And it's super important, which is why I support what Vortex Gallery is doing and how much they help the other communities out there. It's uh, And as Showbiz says, this is the best time to get into Melty, potentially. And you know what? A lot of those Melty players out there will be more than happy to help you learn the game just hit people up like they love their community they want to get more people into it if you get into melty right now 
a lot of these top players are going to help you learn the game because they want to see a bigger audience. Uh, it's great. So Vortex Gallery used to be Anime Evo. Anime Evo, uh, where they just ran all the official side tournaments. They now run, uh, they just call themselves Vortex Gallery just because they didn't want to be directly tied to the Evo name anymore. Uh, but they, they do everything. They ran everything this year. Uh, let's see if I can find this here. You can find them on Twitter at 956productions. 956productions, all one word, uh, at 956. Uh, if you don't know what 956 is, that's the input to instant air dash in anime games. Uh, up forward, neutral forward. 956, 956 Productions. So that lets you instant air dash. That's what they're called. 55 games says Veritas over there. So yeah, 55 games at uh, the Vortex Gallery. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? I mean, like, I just, I want to find that list just so I can read it to you, just so you guys can see how almost kind of stupidly silly that it's almost impossible not to find your favorite game over there, honestly. Uh, all these, this is all during Evo tweets here, which makes sense. I'm sure they tweeted a lot here. Let's see, this is August 6th, that's still Evo. Oh, thank you. Ah, look at this smarty Veritas using the Smash GG link. Look at this smarty over here. Yeah, but they organize Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R. They organize Rushdown Revolt, Fantasy Sea Strike, Them's Fighting Herds, The King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match Final Edition, The King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match Exhibition, DNF Duel, Blaze Blue Central Fiction, Guilty Gear Exert Rev 2, Ultra Street Fighter 4, Undernight Inbirth EXE Late CLR, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Soul Calibur 6, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Capcom vs. SNK 2, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, Win Jammers 2, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Vampire Savior, Persona, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, Street Fighter Alpha 2, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown, Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax Ignition, Melty Blood Actress Again Current Code, Punch Planet, Street Fighter Alpha 3, Killer Instinct, Catherine Full Body, Ultra Fight Dakanta 2, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, Ultra Street Fighter 2, Toho Hisotensoku, Akatsuki Blitzkampf, I can't even pronounce the German, Catherine Classic, Million Arthur Arcana Blood, Mortal Kombat X, TMNT Tournament Fighters, Mobile Suit Gundam, EXVS Mbon, Project Justice, TMNT Cross Justice League Turbo, Tekken 5 Dark Resurrection, Phantom Breaker Omnia, Kill the Kill IF Restitched, Super Dragon Ball Z, Jackie Chan and Fist of Fire, Fight of Animals, Aquapaza, Aqua Plus Dream Match, Chaos Code, New Sign of Catastrophe, Ease Laugh Plus Plus, Tatsunoko vs. Capcom, Eternal Fight Zero, Nitro Plus Blasters, Hero Infinite Duel, and Samurai Showdown. 
Those are the 55 games that they had there. So trust me, if you enjoy your game, it's there. It's going to be there. And Vortex Gallery, if your game isn't there, you can volunteer to be the TO. A lot of times that's what happens. And in fact, a couple of the games that weren't there were supposed to be there, but just for one reason or the other, they couldn't actually run the tournament there. Uh, Dong Dong Never Die wasn't there, but I think it has been in the past. <laughs> Pretty sure. But again, this is this is this is kind of the way that it works, right? Vortex Gallery is important. So back to the original message: play the fighting game you like. Learn to watch different fighting games. You will be surprised. Like if you like Strive. But you're like, Strive is a little simple. Go to Exert. Start playing some Exert. There's a lot of Exert people out there that'll try to help you. Yes, there's no rollback netcode for Exert right now, but there are a lot of good communities out there that will have good connections with you because they live closer and, you know, they'll find different ways to, to make it work. So, uh, honestly, it's not... There is so much potential... Uh, for anybody out there to find a fighting game that they just love to death. Do not limit yourself to whatever games are just at Evo main stage. Don't limit yourself just because Street Fighter and Guilty Gear Strive and Tekken are the most popular fighting games. Play what you enjoy, honestly. Uh, I've been a hell travelers. I've been a gamer since I was born. I'm still young, and I only just recently got into fighting games. Personally, what made fighting games so scary for me were the inputs. It's like playing a game you don't know the controls. That's why I think SF6 modern controls will be game changing. There's definitely a lot to that. Modern controls are going to be very, very interesting. We'll see how well it fits in there if it ends up being too strong or something like that. But yeah, I mean, but again. If you have trouble with the inputs, if the inputs are scary, there are people like me all over the place who are willing to help you learn the inputs. I can help a lot of people with learning inputs in fighting games because I'm an execution junkie. I like execution and one of my favorite things to do is to teach people how to do inputs and to, you know, make those impossible combos suddenly, all of a sudden, extremely possible. And a lot of it is scientific either. That's the other beautiful thing about execution. A lot of people feel like execution is like shooting a basketball, right? Like shooting a basketball, you either, you're either Steph Curry or, you know, you're one of those centers that just can't shoot a three-pointer to save their goddamn life, you know, kind of thing. It's actually strangely not like that. Uh, fighting game execution is a very scientific thing. And because the same thing will, you can guarantee the same thing happens almost every single time. And so if you can do that and you start learning the systems of the game, you can get around a lot of that uh, execution barrier. And like I said, I can help you with that. And yeah, it's not even just necessary practice, practice, but like Anubis says, break it down, practice. The break it down part is actually really, 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 really important. Um, XOJN says maybe there needs to be a streamlined way for people who want to help be matched with new players to teach. Um, Medify. Medify exists out there. You can sign up for teachers. I am a teacher on Medify, but I haven't put any of my uh, courses or anything live because I have imposter syndrome. And I feel like people, if they see me try to teach fighting games, will just laugh because... 
I'm so bad at fighting games right now. <laughs> but I can let me know if you guys actually think that you would like for me to, if you would like to pay me to have me teach you fighting games from a very beginner standpoint, I would definitely very, very uh, helpful. I would love to be helpful with that. So if I triggered your, I know you're talking a lot of effort, you're a big part of the, I've been watching. Oh yeah, yeah, no. I don't even remember what you said earlier, Hell Traveler. I don't even, I didn't, uh, I don't even know what it was you said. So trust me, not even in there, uh, in my mind at all. So yeah. In, in my, oh, what's up? Is that you, Donka? Is that you, Donka? Is that KOF15 Donka in the chat there? Uh, but yeah, imposter syndrome is, is a, is a bitch. And I have imposter syndrome like you can't even possibly imagine. I mean, even with the Street Fighter Six announcement thing, I feel like Capcom at any point in time could just be like, ha, just kidding, James, and then take away that thing. They're like, ah, we got you, we got you. <laughs> You're not actually in there. There's no color commentator. Come on. Like, you know, that part of my brain still exists, so... Um, let's move on to the next game here because, unfortunately, this is... I, 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 I don't, there's no way to come at this and not say Grand Blue Fantasy Versus got screwed. Like, I, I want to say, like, they're so happy because they got this offline tournament, and absolutely, the matches were amazing. You know, we discovered that Japan was, you know, clearly the best at the game, and this is the first time they got to see all this stuff, and it was great. We have this offline tournament, hundreds of people, 500 people entering it, awesome, wonderful for the community to finally get together, and then their announcement just was like the biggest, like, just rip out your heart. I mean, they canoed the community uh pretty bad <laughs> honestly um <sighs> their big announcement at evo was an online tournament <laughs> was the online tournament <laughs> that was their announcement for a game that has rollback does not have rollback netcode oh <sighs> it's hard it's hard it's hard now I mean, some people in the chat saying that Psy Games cares, but, and there's a good reason why that they're not getting rollback. I mean, I hope they get it, but like, I mean, honestly, regardless of what the reason is, it doesn't matter what the reason is, it's still a shot to the heart, right? It's still sucks. It still sucks for a lot of people that that's kind of what happened, right? And uh, hopefully they can get to it. Hopefully they can't. But the problem with it is, as uh, is being said in the chat right now, is that Arxis is only one company. They're obviously adding rollback to Dragon Ball Fighters. <laughs> They're a busy company. It's really, 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 really hard to find the time for a small company like Arxis. Arxis is not a humongous company. They're a small company. They have limited resources. So unfortunately, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus might just be one of the lower priority ones or just one of the ones for whatever reason was pushed towards the end. And that's kind of the situation that we have, unfortunately. Uh, but if that's the case, if that's the case, and we still have hopes for Grand Blue getting uh, rollback netcode. You know, uh, I would stay playing in the game. Let's stay playing the game again. 
yeah, it's tough with no good netcode to 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 play matches and you know grow and and have grow a community and stuff. But you know, look how long it's taken for Dragon Ball Fighters. You don't think that gra- Dragon Ball Fighters getting rollback netcode isn't going to cause an explosion in the number of players for that game? It definitely will. Granbu Fantasy Versus, as long as it has that hope, I guess, uh, definitely has that ability to. Uh, you know, be able to bring a lot of people back into the game. I stopped playing the game because of no rollback. And and literally they were hiring me to do events. Like it probably would have benefited me to keep playing the game so I could do events, but I just, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it because it had no rollback netcode. <sighs> so there you go. Um, yeah, Sam Show getting rollback is another one, Tiny Text. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and so see what Big for Lil says here. I just played with a homie yesterday, west to east coast. Consistent three to four frames. If you are NA, we could find a way. Yeah, three to four frames is not perfect, but you can still learn and you can still play. And it's going to take a little more effort. And this is the hardest thing in these situations you're gonna have to do more discords you're gonna have to be more active finding training partners but if you can find the right people to play with it absolutely is doable and many communities have thrived and continued to stay alive despite not having the rollback now i mean look at umvc3 practically gaining a resurgence thanks to parsec right so like definitely a lot of these things can still happen so so find, finding a partner is a very important thing. So, uh, But again, you know, I, I know it sucks. I don't want to sit here and, you know, be all negative Nancy on Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, but they definitely were the ones that were hurt most by the pandemic. And for sure, the Evo announcements huh, didn't necessarily make them feel much better. But I was really, really, really glad to see that the community was able to get together and play this offline tournament and really get a strong understanding of what the scene is like, right? Because you just don't know, was US the best? Was EU the best? Was Japan the best? Clearly Japan is the best and now we have a reference point. Like, you don't understand how important that is for a community to have. To have that reference point, to know exactly how strong everybody is, which meta to learn and who to emulate and stuff like that in a competitive scene. Very, very important. I think that that's really, really cool. So, uh, King of Fighters 15. Yeah, so some people in the chat already saying that SNK won the EVO announcement game. They had like 9,000 things. That was crazy. I was not prepared for a lot. Like a lot of those things, I was like, okay, yeah, we'll probably get the fourth team in KOF 15, et cetera, et cetera. I wasn't expecting the next set of DLC to be announced, even partially. Who even thought that Garu 2 being greenlit was going to be an announcement? And who the hell expected rollback netcode for Samurai Showdown? Like, that's crazy. Did I skip Dragon Ball? I did. I did. Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, right? It's the anti-DBFZ bias. No, honestly, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters... Again, 
you know, it's awesome to see France really just being like, look, we're the best. But then at the same time, Nitro from the U.S. being like, look, we're not that far behind. I reset the bracket. I was right there to be able to take this. And that kind of parody in a fighting game is really important. Having that kind of rivalry is really, really nice. And then they announced that rollback netcode is coming. They announced that rollback netcode is coming to Dragon Ball Fighters, a thing that nobody ever would have dreamed of. I saw people on Twitter being like, you know, tweets did not age well, you know, with like, there's no way they're announcing rollback for Dragon Ball Fighters before Evo. And then afterwards, they're like, well, okay, you know, if they announce rollback for Dragon Fighters, I'll eat my hat. Well, <laughs> time to eat my hat, you know, kind of thing. Uh, oh yeah, when she was like, Robak, Robaku, yeah, like, every, like e everybody who did not understand it just kind of was like, oh my god, and the best part about it is everyone who speaks Japanese getting excited means that she didn't say, we will never put rollback in the game, like, the people who understand Japanese getting hype lets you know that this is a good thing, this is a good thing, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we are not adding rollback. No! Uh, but honestly, uh, I don't even follow DBFZ. It was tough seeing Nitro lose like that. And see, Kevin Mati says, I don't even follow DBFZ, but it was tough seeing Nitro lose like that. This is what I mean. It's about the human element. I don't care what you think about the games. But if you get invested in the human element and if you just learn enough about the game to understand when people do cool shit, like fighting games are beautiful to watch, you know? So if you are in stream and you're waiting for Mortal Kombat and Tekken's on the stream, don't shit on Tekken and be like, your game sucks. I mean, I know this is an impossible hope. Nobody's <laughs> Internet's going to internet. But, you know, for those of you out there who, you know, haven't thought of it this way yet, who, who can be convinced to, to try to appreciate their games, it's so, so important. I didn't hear what happened in Alpha, Alpha 3, actually, uh, Mike Lee. I did not hear what happened in Alpha 3. Right, exactly. Like Donka says, right? The, the, the Smash documentary has that human element in spades and got a whole new generation to start playing melee it is about that human element that to see like i still remember like one of my favorite stories was uh cd jr you know he he didn't go in believing in evo he was like whatever evo is just another tournament who cares about evo blah 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 and then he won the first year of killer instinct and while he held the trophy on stage the tears just started flowing Okay, like that, like that moment right there was like, yeah, okay, see, like it's not just another, like the gravity of the situation and seeing his emotion was like one of the most pure, absolute, most heartfelt things that I had ever seen. And I was so happy to see him cry like that because that just meant he really got to soak in his accomplishment. You know, he went in being like, Evo is no big deal. And he came away with it going like, I did something. Like, 
fucking A, like I am the shit. And it got to him. And I love that shit, dude. I love that. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Not seeing, seeing item not win. Oh God. Oh yeah. Version is the undisputed greatest player that wins almost every Japanese tournament. So Choi reset and beat him. Whoa. Okay. That's a replay. I need to go watch. I need to go watch. I need to go watch, dude. I love watching people cry. Honestly, Romano Cheese, I do. I love seeing people cry because I think it's such an important emotion. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to cry. Not everybody is an emotional person out there. But we need to be in a position where, you know, and I, I mean like tears of joy kind of things, right? Like we can't consider it a weakness, right? I mean, I'm not going to go into a big diatribe about toxic masculinity, but like, guys, like, seriously, if you need to cry, fucking cry, please. It's, we, humans cry for a reason. It's cathartic. It heals you. Like, it's literally something built into us for a reason. And the more you suppress it, the more harm you do to yourself. Now, again, not everybody is emotional. So if you're a person who generally doesn't cry, that's fine. But we should let those that are emotional cry and not look down upon it. And that's it. So, <laughs> um, Dragon Ball Fighters. I mean, it's so funny because like we all joke that for every game, you could just have a trailer and just be like, boom, Bandai Namco. Roll back the end and you've won. Like you've won announcements and the audience will go nuts and everybody loves you already. Like if Tekken 8, like instead of just showing Kazuya's head, it was like Kazuya's head, roll back the end. Like they won, they won, right? They win the announcement game. And so literally Dragon Ball Fighters, you know, basically, you know, roll back. That's it. Like, that's it. They they kind of won, right? I mean, the reason why SNK did better is because they announced rollback for Samurai Showdown and a shit lot more. But, you know, honestly, for Dragon Ball Fighters, like, if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Fighters, you can't be happier. Sonic Fox and Goichi both literally said, we may come back to play the game again, uh, honestly. So, uh, it's, it's so important. Uh, tennis elbow. Tennis elbow. Uh, it's really, really important to to have rollback dude what strive i've said it before and again you know uh look i know <laughs> street fighter 5 did irreparable damage to rollback netcode's reputation it literally did irreparable damage to rollback's net uh, um, uh reputation guilty gear strive fixed it guilty gear strive fixed it and so um uh what we've seen from Guilty Gear Strive has changed everything. Oda even admitted that King of Fighters 15 was originally delay-based netcode, and they had to rip it out to put in rollback netcode. Like, this is all Strive, dude. This is all Strive, honestly. Come here, kitty. This is all Strive's doing, honestly. And I, I cannot be more grateful to that game for opening up everybody's eyes to, to strive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact that we're talking about like how old we feel about Skullgirls being 10 years old and Skullgirls has had great net code the entire time. Oh, the reason why it took Strive is because uh, we needed a Japanese game to do it. 
we needed a Japanese game to do it. And while that sounds awful, it's just, it's true, right? Japanese companies still rule the fighting game community. Um, and uh, we need that to happen. So, um, oh, I was a rollback. So I, again, talking about fingers in the pie, as Tom and Tony Cannon were developing rollback netcode, I was one of the first people to actually try it in like 1990 freaking like three or whatever they were first doing it. So I actually tried it way back then and I was like, this is really good. And dude, trust me, I have been on rollback my whole entire life, dude. Like I have been on the rollback train my whole entire life. So... So, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, probably 2003. Oh, God. But, I mean, honestly, it feels like it's been that long. <laughs> it feels like it's been that long. Uh, would you think Japanese rollback exists if COVID never happened? Yes. Yes, because of you. Because of you. Honestly, uh... Thank you guys for all filling out that Arxis surveys and uh, telling them that rollback meant a lot and it would determine whether or not you bought the game. That was enough to give uh, people like Zynac power to convince Arxis to really let him give rollback a shot in the game. And if it wasn't for all of those uh, surveys and stuff like that, we might not actually have the rollback in Guilty Gear Strive. If you guys don't remember, the first Guilty Gear beta was delay-based netcode. And they literally said that they were, they were like, no, we're, sorry, we just don't have the rollback in there yet, so we're just testing servers right now, and we're testing the lobby system. And then the next one actually had rollback, so, yeah. So a lot of people have been pushing for rollback uh, for a long time. Sejam, Maximilian, definitely two of the most vocal about it. Uh, so that's actually really important as well because Sejam and Maximilian are two of the most important people in the FGC and their voices are heard loud and clear for sure. So it's very important that they were on that trend the entire time. <sighs> yeah, explaining how rollback works for sure. Um, <laughs> Capcom with the fix the netcode sound. Uh, so back to King of Fighters 15. Again, uh, look, I, I'm, I might be biased. I came in there thinking that Taiwan was going to win and they got first, second, and third. I don't know how people didn't think Taiwan was going to win. Uh, they're ridiculous. They're the only people I've ever seen beat Shanghai in a set in my entire life. So I figured they were gonna have the best chance. Um, but again, KOF 15, I'm really just happy because I mean, that game is so global, right? Talking about Mexico and Morocco and China and Taiwan and stuff. It's one of the most global fighting games out there. And I think that's really, really cool. And, you know, I'm really happy for the game. Obviously, finally putting Kim in the game. I know people out there like Shingo. I'm not a Shingo guy, but you know what? Like, I'm happy for the people out there who like Shingo. Uh, where's my Kenso? Where's my USA team, please? 
Uh, please, please. Uh, yeah, no Reynold in top eight. I mean, there's a lot of people who are missing from top eight that I felt like should have been there. But that's, again, the parody of that game, right? The players are so good everywhere that it's just it's so hard to win a tournament like that. And that's awesome. I love it. And the rollback netcode is one of the reasons why for that, right? Rollback netcode, once again, super important for fighting games. KOF 15 would have just been released and been dead in the water. If it didn't have rollback netcode, I guarantee you KOF 15 would have came out and then just went away. Like, that's it. The fact that it's still alive right now, am I going to credit all to rollback? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't care how good the game is. If it didn't have rollback, it wouldn't be so. It wouldn't be alive right now. It wouldn't be alive right now. And keep in mind, I love the game, and I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying rollback is that important these days. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, and again, S and K announcing the next team, Team Samurai, with the uh, with the Samurai Showdown characters, and not Haumaru. Nakaruru and Charlotte, but it's Nakaruru, Haomaru, and Darley Dagger? <laughs> like, that is crazy if you hadn't seen the spoilers already. But that is crazy, dude. Like, that is uh, amazing. And so, like, I'm curious to see how they're going to make Darley play because she obviously relies a lot on the inability for you to block left and right. You know, there's no true guard in Samurai Showdown. So I'll be curious to see how they balance her out. I'm a little sad that they look exactly like their Samurai Showdown uh, forms. Like they didn't change their costumes or redesign them in any way. But I still think it's cool that they're in the game. And I think that's, uh, you know, good way to help bring in other people, you know, uh, coming from Samurai Showdown. And then, of course, you know, they announced the next two, uh, the next two DLC characters of Shingo and Kim Capuan. And yeah, I'm glad they're putting Kim in the game. I don't have any reason to want to play Kim or anything, but he's been such a staple for such a long time. I feel like it was messed up that he wasn't in the game, so I'm glad he's coming back. Like I said, I have no... I don't care about Shingo. Uh, in fact, I kind of don't really like Shingo that much. But I know Shingo is super popular, so I'm happy for all the Shingo fans. <laughs> Fightcade is run by a bunch of guys who live in Spain. Uh, Fightcade is controlled by a bunch of guys who live in Spain. I got to meet them when I went to the Fightcade offline uh, event in Spain. <laughs> Literally, it's they took it over. So originally, it was GGPO. Originally, it was GGPO and everyone was playing on GGPO. But Tony and Tom were too busy to keep maintaining it. So these guys in Spain were like, hey, can we just keep it going and like morph it and turn it into something else? And Tom and Tony were like, yeah? You mean you're going to take this off of our hands? Here. And they took it and uh, they ran it. And now they're basically uh, um, like they're basically the ones doing all the dev work for it and putting all the features and stuff in it. So shout outs to those guys in Spain. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Garo 2, look, Smelly Beetle, I'm just saying I would love it if that game was actually sprite-based again. Probably not going to be happening. It would be sad if they just reused the KOF assets, but, you know, we'll see what happens. It's obviously been greenlit, 
which means uh, that was all they could announce was Garu 2 was greenlit. And if you guys know anything about game development, that basically means expect Garu in like 2026. Expect Garu uh, in 2026, dude. Just like, <laughs> it's cool that it was greenlit, but <laughs> wait, wait a while. <laughs> it's going to take a little bit, so. Yeah, or even later. And yeah, they're not going to do pixel art for it. They're not going to do pixel art. It's just no, there's no benefit to doing pixel art at this point. But I think King of Fighters is in a great place. And I really hope that people keep playing it, keep supporting it. Uh, obviously, they know about the lobby, the matchmaking. Hopefully, they fix the matchmaking. I've heard it's actually already a little better. But please fix the matchmaking because, I mean, it's hurt the game. The, the, the matchmaking being bad has hurt the game a little bit. But, like, King of Fighters 15 has the potential to be, like, a five-year game, six-year game if they can keep this up and do keep doing good things with it. And I don't want to see it go, go like, lose steam just because of this matchmaking problem. So, you know, please, SNK, fix the, the matchmaking. I know you guys are aware of it. I know you guys are looking into it. And maybe we get it when they get the cross-play added at the same time. But... You know, it would be nice if I could play on ranked and not fight the same three people over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there you go. Uh, Shingo, no, Shingo, yeah, he's like the Sakura. He's like a Sakura, except kind of like a Danish kind of Sakura mix. Except, unfortunately, there are aspects of him that are actually cool and people like him, and like supposedly he's training with Saisu now so that he might actually gain strength and stuff like that. And that sucks. Like, if you're gonna make a character like that, make Dan. Dan is just an idiot, right? And that's way more fun, in my opinion. But again, <laughs> this is not a why James doesn't like Shingo stream. Um, let's talk about uh, Tekken 7 here. Tekken 7, uh, knee getting back on top. I think that's super cool. Uh, you know, defeating uh, Pakistan, you know, getting his run back and winning. I think that's really, really cool because it just shows how much Pakistan kind of raised the level around the world. And I think that's really, really neat. Um, so I want, I, I, I'm, it's interesting for me because uh, they announced a new season, right? That was the thing that they announced here, uh, besides the other thing, uh, 2022 new season. Yeah, Khan, Khan being there. Uh, what is it? What was the announcement officially? Uh, let's do this uh, announcement. So obviously they just had the zoom in here. Oh, here we go. Free update and global finals announcement here here we go here we go so let's take a look at this i didn't get a chance to watch this clearly oh the patch is tomorrow okay
battle update. Obviously, a lot of these things that you're going to see here are specific to if you know the game really well. Yeah, there's that wall bounce mechanic right there. So not even a wall splat, but a wall bounce it looks like. Oh yeah, going back to Amsterdam's pretty dang cool too as well. August 17th, tomorrow, that's when the patch comes out. And then, of course, not Tekken 8 basically <clears throat> oh that'd be interesting if they actually do a Tekken Tag 3 I doubt they're gonna do a Tekken Tag 3 to be honest with you oh my god what is going on advertisements uh, at least not yet but it would be kind of sick because uh, um, yeah I mean people were super excited for this and again you know Tekken has been in a situation where I think Tekken uh, 7 has been the longest running mainline fighting game since its release at EVO in history. Like other games like MVC2 have been probably in more EVOs, but they left and they came back. And Tekken 7 literally was like, yep, it's a new game. It's only in the arcade. Here it is. And then it just went through all the way. Tekken fans have been playing this game for a long time. You want to talk patience? Remember how I talked about the MK, the NRS community being used to having their games only lasting like two years? Tekken 7 have been playing their year, their game for seven years now. Yeah, since 2015. So they're waiting for something new. So to even get that, that little bit, like if you're not a Tekken fan, you're just like, come on, what was that? Like, Please show me more. Like, why are people getting hype over that? But if you're a Tekken fan, like, the fact that they're like, yeah, something new is coming is enough. Like, that, that is like, you're going to go absolutely apeshit over that. And you have every right to go apeshit. Ah, again, we don't need Tekken Cross Street Fighter, in my opinion, because we had Tekken Cross Street Fighter, Cross KOF, Cross Final Fantasy 15, Cross... The Walking Dead, and I think that I think that's that was better than getting Tekken Cross Street Fighter. At this point in time, I think it's just it's a whatever situation. I don't even think we need it. So, but yeah, I mean, having something new and yeah, getting something new. I mean, to even be able to say that you know you are tired of how Tekken Seven looks uh, in the chat. I mean, that's just an indication. It's the game still looks great. It's just that we've been seeing it for so freaking long now <laughs> so freaking long oh man oh yeah yeah i mean arslan ash obviously uh oh wait least no i don't i don't know i don't know about that i think people were uh 
I think I think people love Arslan Ash, right? I, <clears throat> did Jeff Jeff Keeley retweet the Tekken pick? If he did, maybe. Who knows? So, who knows? <laughs> so there is a Game Awards at the end of the year. Okay, there you go. But yeah, Tekken Seven, uh, great. I mean, again, uh, the, the the interesting thing about Tekken is that the way Tekken works. Because, like, in order to get good at Tekken, you kind of have to dedicate only to Tekken. Like, I, like Tekken, I mean, I, I need to see the stats to verify this, but I feel like Tekken has one of the least crossovers into other genres. Like, some of the, the, the Korean and Japanese players play Street Fighter a little bit. But I swear to God, like, I don't see anybody, uh, like, any of the top players switching over to a lot of other games. So, uh, honestly, like... Tekken is kind of insular in itself, and so because it takes so much work to play, so, you know, the community is doing just fine. Like, the Tekken fans are still chugging away. They still love their game. This balance update, I'm sure, is a great way to add some refreshing stuff into the game, and I think that's awesome. And not even SE6, Isaac Locke. Because I've been playing a lot of Soul Calibur. When I talk to the Soul Calibur scene, they even say that the Tekken community doesn't really cross over into Soul Calibur all that much, uh, interestingly enough. Yeah, Arslan Ash, obviously. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's. Th Pakistan is ridiculous at both of those games, at Tekken and KOF. That's like their games, basically. Uh, Street Fighter V. I mean, look, this is what could I say about Street Fighter V Top Eight, dude? I mean, I don't know if there's anything I can say that could bring it justice, right? Like, I'm not trying to be biased. I'm not trying to be like because I commentated it, it was amazing. But holy shit, that Top Eight for Street Fighter V was probably one of the greatest Top Eights I've ever seen, and one of the biggest heartbreaks. I've ever seen and yeah honestly I really felt like me and David did a great job on commentary because also another thing that I'm actually really proud of and keep in mind this was not easy for us too but we managed to be as unbiased as possible at least I felt like it we were definitely biased you could definitely hear that we were probably rooting for IDOM but we wanted so much to make sure that Kawano didn't get his moment when he won we definitely screamed for Kawano. We were happy for him. We were winning. We were talking about the good things that he was doing, etc., etc. It could have been very, very easy to have that been a very biased and one-sided commentary, and <clears throat> it would have, it would have sucked for Kawano. It would have sucked for Japan, and it would have sucked for all of Kawano's fans. Honestly, if Kuwano won Street Fighter V and the commentators were like, No! Oh no! Idom isn't going to win for, for you! Oh, poor Idom! That's got to be heartbreaking! Like, that would suck if you go back and watch that as Kuwano. Right? Like, let's be honest. That would suck, right? And so, uh, I, I think it was really important that, you know we gave Kuano his mo his moment to shine and stuff like that. So, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Ah, USA chance can stay, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I think they're fun. I think they're fun. I like regional rivalries. 
you know, I that just means I hope when we travel to other places that they chant like Evo Japan, they should be chant chanting Japan, and uh, in France they should be chanting France and stuff like that. Like, let's go for it, dude. I'm totally down. I'm totally down. <clears throat> uh <laughs> about bias commentary maybe maybe uh but yeah I, I think it's it's uh i mean look i'm gonna give idom a lot of credit because we saw idom you know backstage uh after the tournament was done and we chilled for him a little while needless to say he was very sad and upset that he didn't win especially knowing what it would have meant being the first USA winner, being the only one to win a Capcom Cup and an Evo, winning the trifecta of Combo Breaker CEO and Evo in one year, etc., etc. But man, nobody, I feel like, would have handled it as calmly as IDOM did. Like, he he knew he did good, and I, I was glad I saw him because I definitely had the opportunity to let him know that, like, I mean, that was Rocky-esque, right? You lost. Yeah, you didn't win, but you you won. <laughs> you didn't win, but you won. Like, I got so many tweets from people being like, Idom is my favorite player of all time now. Like, oh my God, that was, oh God, Idom was so good. Oh, they, like, he won the hearts of everybody in that, in that tournament run right there. So, you know, uh, really happy for Idom. And then, you know, he just goes back to do his thing again goes back online and just goes and starts playing again. So yeah, he's really humble in the, and uh, he's a great representative for our scene, honestly. But yeah, obviously very, very heartbreaking to have him not win. I mean, if he won, like, would I have like absolutely lost it and cried? Probably, <laughs> probably, but you know, and, and that's unfair to Kawano, you know, obviously it sucks that, you know, I wouldn't be as emotional if Kawano won, but you know, like I said, I, I hope he I hope he was happy with that we gave him his proper congratulations and everything like that. And you know, uh, I I hope he doesn't see it as a slight or anything like that. So, um, but uh, even the Japanese streamers were saying that Idom felt like the protagonist. <laughs> oh man. Uh, a lot of players, Converse, actually got uh, COVID. Uh, a few players, like Fudo, got COVID uh, right before uh, Evo from the Saudi Arabia event that they all went to. Uh, he, like, he did, Moke did. Uh, a few other players definitely got COVID and were unable to make it. And so that thinned the crowd a little bit. Uh, and then obviously just being in a pandemic year, some people just weren't comfortable to travel at that point. Right. So, and that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Um, but yeah, uh, God, what a top eight, what a top eight. And you know, that top eight alone probably contributed to my Evo exhaustion for the past week. Honestly, the reason why I've just been so friggin' tired it's definitely because of that top, and I spent so much energy yelling and screaming for that thing. Oh boy, what a what an amazing event! But you know, in terms of obviously the announcements as well, you know, they didn't go too hard into it. They just gave us two new characters. But honestly, like everybody saw Kimberly and Jury, and are just like, I want to play these characters. Honestly, like 
it is. Uh, oh, thank you, Lewis Bad. I appreciate that. I, I want to. I appreciate that. Um, but again, like the the um, amount, and you know, everyone's gonna be talking about jury feet. Whatever. Yeah, I know that's the joke. But honestly, like jury in Street Fighter Four was like too exact of a femme fatale for me. Like, she was too on the nose for that. Five, I just didn't like the way she was. Six, I I freaking love Jury in six. Because she's just gone absolutely bonkers. And I like that. I, I like that kind of personality. I love that kind of, uh, that, uh, that turn. I mean, I immediately, again, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but Avatar The Last Airbender, I immediately went to an Azula arc for Jury, even to the point where her hair isn't even cut straight. It just looks like she looked in the mirror and was like, I need to cut my hair. And just was like, and has just gone absolutely insane. And I kind of like that. Like, I, I, I think that's a cool path to take her story. And uh, I, I, she has more personality now that's interesting to me than I think she's ever had because before she was just, I'm way too powerful girl, you know, like Viper was in street fighter four originally. And then jury was afterwards. It's just, it's nice to see this kind of like, she's just kind of lost it. She's probably bored. She has nothing to do because S I N is gone. All that stuff like that. So, you know, I, I really like that. And then Kimberly, like, holy crap. Kimberly was so cool. Oh my God, the amount of personality she had, the way that was, and she turns out to be the new ninja character, the new Bushin run character, and just the amount, like, I don't think I'm going to play her, but I just love the way that she is. Like, they just made her so cool. And again, you know, you know, obviously people are going to be mad because of what, you know what, fuck you guys out there. I do like the representation factor of Kimberly as well. And the fact that, you know, she's African-American, she's black, but uh, clearly not like she like that's not part of her personality. You know what I mean? That's that's the problem that we have in a, in a lot of times. Uh, with, you know, especially Japanese game companies making, you know, characters and stuff like that. When the ethnicity is part of the personality, it's a problem. And I love the fact that it's it's not like that. And I think that's really, really cool. I, I, I love the way Kimberly is. And she's just so cool. She's a great design. I love the, the, the happy personality to contrast the jury personality, you know, and it's just, she's so cool. She's, she's really, really cool. And in that case, like, and obviously, you know, for those of you who have seen the Street Fighter Six leaks, you know, the way that she turned out on the screen compared to what we saw in the leaks, right? Like, I can't wait to see everybody. And so people are going to ask me, come on, James, you've seen everybody, right? No, I haven't. I haven't seen everybody, okay? <laughs> Again, I have not touched the game. Man, like, the, doing commentary lines does not require you to be able to see all the characters. Um, but I'm really excited for a lot of the other characters that have not yet to be announced. 
can't wait to see how they look and how their personality has the chance for that for them to shine too. <clears throat> right, Kevin Mati. You're right, right. Absolutely. Like you don't want it to not be a part of their personality at all because your ethnicity defines who you are always, always. But it's just it's not the point of the ethnicity, which is kind of what uh which is what I like about it, right? So <clears throat> Oh, man. But yeah, uh, Kimberly and Jury seem really cool. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play Street Fighter VI. I'm really excited. I think it was L.I. Joe who I was talking to, and he was like, he had a chance to play it and sit down with Jeremy and stuff, and he literally walked up to me. He was like, all the footage we've seen of this game so far, we haven't seen how this game plays yet. He was like, I was playing, and like, God, the stuff that I was learning and the mind games that I was learning, he was like, dude, it's so good. It's so good. He, he was like, all the footage that we've seen, like how the drive impacts work and how they play with each other and how you can counter drive impacts with drive impacts and all these things like that. He was like, like we've barely seen the surface of what is in this game. So I think that's really, really cool. I think that's really awesome. It was fun to record the commentary for Street Fighter Six. Honestly, it was really cool just because I've wanted to be a cartoon voice. And so going to an actual studio, like this is the people who did like Persona 5 and like Gears of War and shit like that. Like this is the actual studio that did all that with a real professional like voice actor guy giving me direct direction and all that stuff like that was really sick. It, it was the closest thing that I've gotten to my dream of being a voice actor. So I thought that was really cool. So, and again, they let me be myself a lot of the times. Like I got to, you know, like I was told sound more this way. And I was like, yeah, this is actually something I say a lot. And I almost always kind of sound this way. So I, I kind of want to sound this way. And they're like, okay, you know, they were really open to a lot of that stuff. And I think that's really, really, really cool. Um, and then Guilty Gear Strive. I mean, look, let's just get the thing out of the way. Let's just get the thing out of the way first. Yeah, I know a lot of people hate Happy Chaos, okay? But goddamn, am I happy for Umi Show. Wow, what a storyline. Uh, but and that's awesome. And I don't want people to think, oh, look at this. First year player wins Evo. Clearly Strive is a stupid broken. No, look, Umi Show is ridiculous, okay? Top eight finisher, Lost Soul who got third place at Exert at the most previous EVO with Elfelt, using the same character that Umi Show did, did not make top eight, okay? Like, think about that for a second. It's not just the character, and it's not just the game is easy. It's, it's not that at all. The game is actually, you know, has a lot of depth and stuff to it. Is it as deep as Exert? No, right? I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend it is. But, you know, it, it's still a really, really fun fun game and I and I really enjoy it and again maybe I'm a little biased because they did so much good for rollback netcode but I have a very warm place in my heart for Strive I really enjoy it a lot and Bridget I mean I haven't had a chance to mess with Bridget yet I've gotten to see people play Bridget in the series E but the trailer for Bridget was just awesome like Bridget I was not expecting Bridget to come back but Bridget is so, like, they made her really cool. And I, I just really, oh, yeah, I had the most entrance. That's why it went last. 2,000 entrance. The next highest game was Street Fighter at 1,300. So, again, look at what Strive is doing. 
Look at what Strive is doing. Like it's like you're not just gonna just because you have rollback netcode is gonna give you two thousand entrants at Evo, right? There's something. There's the the game has a joy and an accessibility to a lot of people. Yeah, is it the current newest thing? Sure, but still, that doesn't just get you two thousand entrants at Evo for nothing. What are you doing, Kitty? But yeah, Bridget's really really cool. Um, no, it's it's her now. It's her now. Uh, Bridget is via the storyline in Strive. She's now officially a her. In fact, if you look at the ending of her story, like that's literally the conversation that she has with Kai and uh, and uh, and uh, Gold Lewis. Like that's literally the conversation that they have. So KOF is getting crossplay soon. It's been announced, so it's happening at some point in time. But yeah, officially Bridget is 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 she now. So yeah, yeah, no worries. It's all good. It's all good. You didn't know. It's fine. Um <clears throat> uh which one, Spike? Uh what did Spike ask? Not trying to get it, but I was surprised the lack of JP representation in the top eight. Uh Japan is still pretty strong in strive, uh, as well, for sure. Uh but uh a lot of Japanese players didn't make the travel. Uh, they just didn't make the travel due to lockdown, due to some of them getting COVID, et cetera, et cetera. So they didn't have the armada uh, out here for Strive as we would have expected. Uh, so at some point in time, hopefully in the future, we'll get we'll get them all in there. But yeah, like, dude, I just, oh man. I, I, anyways, Bridget's really cool. I'm really happy to see her back. I need to mess with her a little bit. I haven't yet. Uh, I'll probably try to do that later this week. I'll probably stream myself learning about Bridget, finding out what she does and stuff like that. So uh, really excited to see where Strive goes. Now, the hardest thing about Strive right now is it's in an interesting place because a lot of the veterans, a lot of the strongest players really, really want the game to get better defensive options. I was talking about this in my stream yesterday most fighting games have gone a very offensive direction where defense has gotten weaker and weaker and weaker. So DNF Duel, for example, like, I don't know what it is. Like, why DNF Duel is following the trend? It's not even DNF Duel's fault, but it's following the trend from Guilty Gear Strive, from Street Fighter V, that alpha counters have to be slow AF, slow as fuck, and, like, easily blockable on so many situations. I don't know why using up so much of your resources doesn't just give you the knockdown like it did with old dead angles, with like old alpha counters and stuff like that. Like it's kind of frustrating that defense is too weak. Guilty Gear Strive needs a little bit more defense. And one of the reasons why Umi Show is a god at the game is because she her defense is stronger than just about anybody's out there. And then on top of that, she uses a character that can open you up really, really well. And her mix-ups are amazing. So again, like Strive probably needs to do more in terms of defense. I, I, even as much as I love Strive, I would like to see more defense added to the game as well. Because I think that would just make it a more solid game. And I think people would, uh, would I think it would attract a lot more people. I think it would attract a lot more people. Turn down the damage, maybe. Obviously, that's one of the ways to fix it, but I really don't feel like they want to do that. And so to play along with that, I, I would want better defensive options. Like, like um, 
Faultless defense needs to be stronger. Instant block needs to have more of a reason to do instant block. Um, it has always been an offensive base flow, Converse, but there has been a lot of defensive options. There has been more invincibility in the backdashes in the old games. There has always been like slashbacks or, or you know, um, God, what is it called? An exert. It's not the slashbacks. It's the... Uh, Shoot, the thingamajig, the thing. Someone in the chat let me know. I completely forgot what it was called. You know, but like the dead angles were a lot stronger in those games. You know, there was just a... And faultless defense pushed back a lot more. Um, the, 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 the crazy... Er, blitz! Thank you, Flashy Flash. Blitz attack. The blitz attack in the game. Um, risk needs a rework, as Hellcat says. Yes. Um, uh, I like the window break mechanic. I actually really like it a lot, a lot. Like, it's one of my favorite things about the game. I don't mind it at all. Um, but again, like, I understand why people won't like it. Like, I totally get that. I totally get it. Um, uh, I mean, Dead Angle, yeah, Dead Angles could definitely get better, but they were better than YRCs. <laughs> They're definitely better than the YRCs are. And if I'm not mistaken, seven dead angles were actually safe on block, weren't they? Or were they not? Were all dead angles punishable in Exert? I can't even remember anymore. Um, gotta look at this. Don't, don't bring back... Don't bring back Danger Time. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Uh, let's see. Dead angle attack. <laughs> On block minus six. So, yeah, they were punishable. But for some, it's a little bit harder. And, yeah, they had a 14-frame startup. So they were pretty slow as well, even back in the day. So, yeah, so they were definitely still pretty slow before. Um, let me see. Guilty Gear Strive. Like, let me see how fast the... Uh, YRC is in, uh, let's see, system data, special moves, other, is it under other, or do they have the YRC frame data just in the YRC section? Yeah, it's probably just in the YRC section. Uh, let's see, just throw a range of system data, da -da 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 -da. movement value system data, psych burst, psych burst. Uh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, uh, shoot. Okay, kitty. Okay, kitty. But yeah, in any case, in any case, uh, I'm excited for Strive. I, I really do hope they, like, obviously season two came and they added some new mechanics and, uh, all of the new mechanics hurt Potemkin. So please hashtag buff Potemkin, please, please hashtag buff Potemkin. And uh, I really do hope that, um, you know, they do add some more defensive options. I hope they don't wait till season three to try to add more defensive options. I hope they take some time to do some careful buffs to defense during the course of this year. I mean, May got second place, Converse. There was no Potemkin in top eight and May got second place at Evo. You've got no, you've got no, uh, 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 base to stand on there. <laughs> I 
I'm kidding. I know May's not that good, but holy crap, Slash was good. Holy crap, Slash was amazing, dude. Oh my god, Slash played so good. Uh, but yeah, uh, Strive, I think, is in a great place. I'm excited for more of it. Uh, I do like the fact that it seems like the characters that keep adding keep getting more and more complicated. So, yeah, when Strive came out, we had a lot of characters. Like, Giovanna was definitely one of the more, like, kind of disappointingly straightforward characters. Like, we thought that she might be more puppety with the dog and stuff like that, but she's just more in-your-face jam kind of thing. But as the game has gone on, like, you know, the DLC that's been added, Happy Chaos and Bridget and Gold Lewis and Testament, you know, they're all pretty complex characters. And it seems like that they're willing to do that, just keep getting stronger and stronger. So, uh, so I'm really excited to see where Strive goes. But let's try to buff the defense in some form or another. But again, I, I hope people keep playing it. I, I really enjoy the game a lot. Yo, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giovanna's very similar to Cami, like with drills and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I think that's all they've got here just for each of the games. Now, obviously, I named 55 games that were in the Vortex Gallery that I'm really happy about. Um, but again, I've been doing this for what is this? How long now? For two and a half hours. So, um, but again, Evo was a lot of fun, and we got a lot of cool things out of Evo. I'm really excited for uh, fighting games right now. It really felt like fighting games were back. Evo really felt like it, it, it returned things to normal for me, you know, because it had been so long, and it was weird seeing everybody in person and feeling that environment again and having that kind of craziness and seeing that many people be excited about fighting games, getting all these new announcements. It just, it was nice to have everything righted in the world. Now, uh, obviously, it's still scary out there. So far, every test I've taken has been negative. But again, I don't know how long it takes before you know you're safe in terms of incubation period. So I'm not going to knock on wood. I'm not counting myself out of anything uh, just yet. Like, I'm sure there's still a chance that I can still catch COVID at this point in time. So I'm not going to count myself out of the water just yet, even though it's been over a week. So, yeah, I mean, I did read on the internets that some rare cases, it can be up to 14 days. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to be like, yes, out of the water, <laughs> you know, so far, I'm good, I'm good to go, so, but yeah, at this point in time, you know, I, I'm happy, I can't wait to see what Evo's going to do in the following years, it was great to see a lot of the, you know, the people there, Chris Lee still doing his thing on the stage, I love what Rick has done for Evo, I mean, honestly, obviously, when all the shit went down for Evo during the pandemic, you know, there was a lot of actual genuine fear that Evo was going to be done. And uh, I've believed in Evo for a long time. A lot of people have noted how much, like I almost kind of unabashedly supported Evo in the past. And there's a lot of reasons for it, right? I, I believed in like what Tom and Tony were doing. You know, Tom, Tony, Seth, and yes, Wizard at the time, they were doing a lot of good things for, oh, thank you, Dubudomo, for the gift subs. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. But, you know, again, like, they were doing a lot of good things with Evo. They were doing a lot of good things for the fighting game community. And when everything went down, I was very, very scared 
However, uh, with Rick coming in, that actually just made me feel that much more excited and confident with, you know, the future of Evo. And uh, I really hope that, you know, Rick stays on for quite some time. And really, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, he runs Combo Breaker. It would have been really easy for him to try to make a bigger Combo Breaker. But instead, he kept Evo different than Combo Breaker. Evo is still celebration of fighting games. Combo Breaker is still more celebration of community. And I like having those kind of different feels for them, you know. And I think that's important. And it's really cool to me that I feel like Rick understands that as well. That he knows that, you know, community that Evo is a different beast than Combo Breaker and that they kind of serve two different things. And so I'm really excited to see. Yeah, I'm going to have to go check out the the Alpha 3 archive. I'll definitely do that. I've been watching. I watched the DNF Duel stuff yesterday. I'm going to watch more. So I'll see if I can watch the Alpha 3 archive. That's going to be super cool. And I mean, everyone always tries to argue, man. Like, they try to argue me that the great players from before won't be as strong today because... You know, uh, look how good everybody is now. And then you have guys like Ryan Hart sending Idom to loser's bracket. And then you have freaking John Choi beating Version. You know, obviously Version doesn't play that often all the time anyway. But still, it's just some of these players, man, they, they will just never be bad at a fighting game. It's crazy. <sighs> Tiny text, that's how I feel right now. I am drowning in good fighting games, and it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I really, 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 really hate it. Oh, man. Any case, uh, I have actually heard, though, that Ryu does well against Laura. I've had Laura players tell me that, but, I mean, again, that's, uh, that's, that's I'm sure, up to debate and stuff like that. <laughs> I already drowned in Tekken, Flashy Flash. I already drowned in Tekken. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. So, <laughs> too much work. I can't get good at that game. I wanted to learn it enough to commentate it, and I never came close. My commentary never became even acceptable, in my opinion. So, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So, in any case, uh, I think, oh, Rumblefish 2 is getting rollback as well. Oh, that's right. I had heard about that, actually. is That's a fan thing, right? That's a fan thing. Because also, fans are getting closer and closer to getting UMVC 3 with rollback as well, if I'm not mistaken. So there's just a lot. I mean, again, rollback is the savior. Rollback is everything. So I don't know. I don't know about the Rumblefish. I don't know about Rumblefish if it's official or if it's uh or if it's a fan-made rollback. I'm not 100% sure because I don't I haven't heard much about it. So In any case, I think that's it for me today. So I th Oh, it's official. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um but yeah, right now is a great time to be a fan of fighting games. It's also the worst time to be a fan of fighting games because there's too many fighting games. But that doesn't mean you should play all of them. Just appreciate them all. Watch them and have a damn good time watching all the fighting games. Make sure you watch all the fights. It's a great time to be a fan of fighting games, to be honest with you. There's a lot of great stuff happening. 
I'm really excited about it and uh, for the future of the FGC. And again, we have to do a lot of work to make it grow. If we want to get to the point where all of the uh, pots get bigger and stuff like that, you know, these are serious conversations we need to have, but it's just not as simple as everyone thinks. You can't just be Sony being like, let's just put in an extra $100,000 into the pot for Evo because we bought it and we want it to be successful. Like, it's just not how the world works. And in fact, it might even be one of the fastest ways to kill and bankrupt Evo. Because let's say Sony was like, hey, let's put $100,000 in there. And then Evo happens. And then the next year it happens. And the next year it happens. And they don't get to the point where they're making a lot of that money back they'd be like well we don't want this anymore let's sell it to somebody else like let it grow naturally we can do it but we need to find better ways to do it crowdfunding exactly matcherino things like that are very 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 important so i think that is uh really really good so let me take a look at this hi hi look at you look at you sweetie boy Dang. New features like rollback netcode training versus AI and a 13 by 9 aspect ratio. This is the first time Rumblefish 2 will be available outside arcades. That's really cool. I, that's really cool. Oh, Nathan is such a... Look at this guy. If you guys are listening to this uh, on podcast form, if you hear that noise, you know that's that's uh, Nathan every time. <laughs> Stupid cat. Stupid cat. Mm. All right, but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, sorry for no stream last week, but I'm still in recovery mode. Uh, so uh, hopefully I'll be back on regular scheduled programming <laughs> this week. So uh, take care of yourselves out there, guys, and uh, keep watching fighting games and uh, keep playing fighting games. Hope you're enjoying. <laughs> Maybe I should call this the Tuesday function. Maybe that's what I should call this stream. The Tuesday function, because it's not the same thing, but it's just like it's a function. It's a function. <laughs> Any case, take care, guys. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. All right, I'll do that. And I will see you guys next time here on uh, the Tuesday on the Ultra Chen TV channel. Peace out.